guys, welcome to another Five Pumpkin Podcast episode thing on my jig. I gotta tell you guys, it's been a long day. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend. I've just had a ton of shit to do. My kids, the last day of school was Thursday, and so we just I had a ton of shit to do with them on Thursday. Um, they today, my husband fortunately doesn't have to Saturday. I'm late to this podcast, which is unfortunate. Um, this is the last weekend I have things scheduled on the weekend. And I, my hope is that for the rest of the summer, I don't have anything scheduled on the weekend. I want to work. And then like, I have a comprehensive to-do list in which I always have shit to do on there, but I don't want anything on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to write on Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going to have projects around the house, nothing, because I want to schedule some time to rest. And I hope I can do this the rest of the summer. Uh, the kids ther- uh, therapist comes tomorrow and that is the last time she'll come until they go back to school and we're going to reassess then. Uh, I, I just want some rest. Um, and so after this weekend, if I did not record the podcast by Friday night, I'm not recording the podcast. And that's a tough thing for me to say because I expect to be here every week or at least the weeks I'm going to be here. I'm also going to, I'm going to look at the rest of the calendar for the rest of the year, and I'm going to decide what weeks I'm going to be off. But um, even though it's been a rough week this week, I was like, no, I'm going to do an episode. I'm going to do a fucking episode. I said I was going to be here. I will be here. Uh, Consistency breeds credibility, and credibility is really all you have in this world. So, but it's late, and I just had a long day. My husband... Got home very late last night, and he doesn't have to work today. Thank, thank goodness. But he wanted to go to Sam's Club. Now, me and my husband have two club memberships, Sam's Club and Costco. I don't want either one of them. Those are my husband's babies. That's the type of shit he likes. He grew up in a very big family, so he thinks having 35 rolls of to- 35 packs of toilet paper is good. Me, I just know that death is around the corner at all times, and... It just seems like you tempting fate. You out here buying all this toilet paper like you might use it. And I just feel like death is like, oh, I see you. Uh-uh. That's how I feel. I feel like you're I feel like you are tempting things when you go out here and buy 48 cans of ravioli like it ain't no thing. And so it stresses me out to be in there. It stresses me out to see people with these little trolleys and shit. Like they out here, I don't like they're in a warehouse of some sort. Like they over here, um packing shit up to go to go on the highway. I don't like that at all. Uh, I don't like, I mean, I don't want to go. He, he really wanted me to go. He, he, this is the other thing. I don't like those places. They stress me out. I'm constantly being like, we don't need that. We don't need that. But he still wants me to fucking go with him. He loves for me to go with him. And today he was like, we need to all go. Cause I was like, why don't you just go? So the reason he wanted to go is cause we're having a seafood boil tomorrow. Told you when the deck was done and all said and done, we were going to have a seafood boil. And the deck is all said and done. It's, it's, it's stained. The stairs are on. It's done. It's ready for use. Um, I'm proud of the work I did, but I'm also annoyed because I didn't do as much work as I wanted to do. Uh, a friend that helped me, that was going to help me do just the base, actually did more work than I had intended for them to do, and they did it behind my back. What I mean by that is they showed up early in the morning to and just started working on it because they thought because they wanted to do me a favor. Um, here's the thing, guys. Uh, I am a person who acts of service is a big deal for me. However, 
you have to ask me first. <laughs> you can't just do things. Because some things I want to do on my own. And other things I think are too expensive to let you do. Like, I believe in reciprocity. And and I know not everybody thinks like this. But the fact is, is that if I let you do a lot of things for me, I now owe you. And so I want to keep relationships balanced. And I don't ever want to be in a position where someone's like, well, I did this. I don't ever want to do that. Because I will backhand you. Don't do that to me. And so I'm very careful about exchange of services and goods and things like that. And by doing that, sure, she helped me, but she also took, a, this is, this wasn't just a project that needed to be done. It was a project I wanted to do. It's something that I was interested in that I did a lot of research on that I, that like, I did a lot of planning on and I wanted to complete it myself. I like to do things myself. It's just, it's who I am. Okay. And because, so I, it, it was soured a little bit for me because of that, but finished it up. And also I just got super busy the week that I was ready to put the stairs on. My husband had to do it. Um, and it also required some digging and I just don't have a lot of upper arm strength. So he did it for me even, and it, that was a last minute thing. We didn't know, I didn't think we were going to put stairs on it, but then because the way my lawn slopes, the reason I only need, the reason I need the fucking deck is so I can have a flat surface so we can put chairs and things and stuff out in my yard because my lawn slopes. But the way my lawn slopes, if you are at the beginning of the deck, you can just step off it, no problem. But if you get further out to the edge of the deck, it's a bigger step. And I was like, once it was built, I was like, oh, fish, this is too big. We need stairs. So I bought metal risers. I'm pretty sure they're called, they might be called something else, but they're, they're the part that the stair rests on. I bought those and I got them here and then my husband had to put them on. So that upset me too because I wanted to do it myself. Uh... And so I like the deck. It's beautiful. It's not perfect, but it's, it's, it's doing what it needs to do, do. But I don't feel as proud of it as I would be if I hadn't, if I had been able to do what I was supposed to do on it. That's the long and the short of it. It's stupid. I know, but that's how I feel. That's why I haven't posted any big pictures on there. Like if you wanted a picture of the deck, I may have, I probably text you one, but I'm not going to post it because I'm just like, I don't feel as proud of it as I, as I want to be. The process of doing the deck was a lot. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say it was easy. It wasn't. It was a lot. And it was tiring. And would I do another deck? Like when we move, we're going to move eventually. Would I do another deck? No, I wouldn't do it. One, I, I should have considered a concrete patio better, more than I did. I should have. But, I sh so I should have considered that. And also... Now that it's done, I've done it. And I don't want to do it again. Um, and I think, um, so, because we were talking about this, because we are talking about new house. And also, I have a feeling that to move into the new house, I have to work to a level that I will have more time, that, excuse me, I will have more money than time. You know what I mean? That's how you decide whether you're going to do something. Do you have more time or do you have more money? Which one do you have? Because that determines whether you should pay someone or whether you should not. So, and I think that by the time I move into a new place, I'm going to have more money than time. I don't think I'm going to have the time to do it. Uh, and also, I'm on antidepressants now. So, I am a natural fixer. It is my personality. It's who I am. It, I like to fix things. That's why I like puzzles and needlepoint. There's a satisfaction in completing something that way. Um, it's, it's why I enjoy parenting um, and parenting the way I'm parenting right now. Um, specifically, I am a problem fixer and it doesn't always make me a fun person to be around.
because I always want to tweak things. I want to get a little better. I might have like 60% of something done, but I want 70. And once I hit 70, well then, why not 80? And so like that, it that doesn't always make me a fun person to be around because it's never good enough. You know, it's always like, it could be better. We it could be better. And so that's a natural personality thing. And um, when I am medicated, I am less likely to want to fix and move things with my hands. I still, I, I like I talked about a couple of episodes ago, I think I'm still probably going to start buying miniatures, uh, dioramas to do. And that is going to be very soothing to me. But I don't have a desire to do a backsplash anymore. I don't have a desire to write, to do a deck. I almost, like, I don't really have a super desire to clean out the garage anymore. Uh, that's a thing that used to burn inside me. Well, does burn inside me when I'm unmedicated, but I'm unmedicated. So if you hear about my big roofing project that I'm about to get on, that's because I'm unmedicated again. Um, so yeah, the deck's done. We're going to have a seafood boil on. It's going to be fun. Um... What was I saying? Oh, so today we're supposed to go get seafood, right? My husband loves a box store, a big box store like that, a big warehouse store. I don't. He wants me to go with him, though. And I'm just like, you want me to bring five kids to a place I don't like to go anyway. And you don't need me to go on a holiday weekend, on a Saturday. And not even, the place opens at nine. Like, if we were going to go, like, so my kids aren't vaccinated. They can't be vaccinated. So when I want to go places, I go very early if we're gonna go to five below we're gonna mask up and we're gonna be at five below when five below fucking opens and we're gonna go in there and do what we gotta do and we're gonna leave and we're gonna go try to go on a weekday too so less people will be in there not nobody but less people i don't want to go to sam's club on a saturday in a town whose mask mandate just expired i don't want to do all that but we did it i mean it was exhausting but we did it and then we ate at pluckers just like a chicken spot. I think it's only in Texas. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know particularly love Pluckers, but my husband does. We went to Pluckers and we got there when it opened and it was empty. And we ate there and then my husband went into this motorcycle shop that was right next to Pluckers. And, you know, my husband bought a motor- motorcycle earlier this year. It's been fixed up. It's at his friend's house. It's waiting for him. But he doesn't have a license. He knows how to ride a motorcycle. He doesn't have a license. And he needed to get some more gear. So he needed a new helmet. He needed... um a a new riding jacket and he needs new gloves and most and the, at the place that he saw today it was gonna be half the price he was gonna pay anywhere else so he bought it and he put on his helmet to show me and I was just like oh I really am moving towards being a widow huh because your ass is back to smoking cigarettes you fell out the fucking sky a couple of months ago uh he fell out of the attic he just misplaced his foot and fell out of the opening of the attic he could have died. He could have died. He still has scars from it. Um, you drive fast. You think fried chicken is a vegetable. And now you now you want to be on a motorcycle. Okay. Here I come to being a widow. Mm-hmm. And I make jokes about that, but I am genuinely, genuinely terrified of it. Okay? I just have this deep, deep feeling that I don't, I don't die in the bed holding my, my, we don't die together. I just got a feeling he's going to leave me before I leave him. And, you know, there's really nothing I can fucking do about it because you can't control people's actions, right? I don't think he's, like someone has suggested he's going through a midlife crisis. I don't think he is. He's always been on motorcycles. He just never owned one. I, he just, I think what happened is that he's like, well, I have all the things 
I would like to buy my home. What kind of oil should I do? Oh, a motorcycle. I have enough money for a motorcycle. I'll go get one. Uh, I just... There's nothing I can do except for keep the life insurance paid up and hope for the best. That's all I can do. I posted a picture on my um, Instagram and someone was like, he looks happy. Like, yeah, because he's on his way to meet Jesus. That's why he's happy. <laughs> he's, he's on his way to glory, girl. That's why. <laughs> and don't worry. I'm like, I don't think... Like, talking about it on this podcast or on Instagram, fine. Because if my husband dies, I will be dark. Instagram is gone. Social media is gone. The podcast is gone. I want, what? I won't have time for this. And I'm not going to be a good widow. I'm not. I'm not going to be a nice person. I just, <sighs> all I can do is keep his life insurance paid up. That's all I can fucking do. And, like, obviously I will be devastated but I know I can get through it. I can do any fucking thing I have to do. I can. But I'm just not going to be in the mood to be on this fucking podcast talking about <laughs> flavor of love. I'm just not going to be. And I won't have time for it. So just so you know, y'all start praying for my husband's <laughs> safety. Because <laughs> this shit is over. <sighs> Men die before women anyway. I'm just... I make jokes because I'm scared. That's why. Um... So we did that today, and we came home and watched Selena. So we could all, like, center ourselves. <laughs> we love Selena. Um, what else is going on this week? Uh, kids got their grades back. You know, I always say parent the kids you have, not the ones you were, not the one you were, not the one you wish you were. You cannot fix your own childhood through someone else's, and you cannot relive your own childhood at the expense of someone else's. They what we need to worry about what things are not what they should be what we wish they would be parents the children you have and i know as a fact that growing up like i just really cared about my grades they were the most important thing about me um as a 40 year old who gives a fuck about my grades i don't care i like i know the grades are bullshit they're kind of made up and for the most part they don't fucking matter there's a very small set of circumstances in which they matter and those circumstances aren't life in general but it still stresses me out when my kids grades are low especially their reading levels um i used to work in an organization that did that that did reading with children and because there is a metric in which kids who are below reading levels by i believe it's the fourth grade might be the third grade are far are just far more likely to go have prison time associated with them to they I think they make like something like 40 percent of what other kids make in their lifetime they are less likely to even finish school there's just like all these things and remember just because things are a correlation isn't causation right just because it happens when this happened doesn't mean this is the cause of that but I just know reading levels are important in elementary school and as a reader and a writer like reading super important to me my kids read all the time but they're just you know and sometimes things are difficult for them I truly believe my oldest son has a learning disability but he is right there and I worry about what's gonna happen like he's just like the gap between where he needs to be and where he is is too small for me to be like, oh, he's got to leave this school and go to a special, like, it's, it's a lot of things I worry about. And like, for me, if I brought home a C, I would literally throw myself off a fucking building. 
I there was, I would have been inconsolable if I would have gotten a C. What for? I I. <laughs> I just, and nobody would have cared. My parents, I, I could have dropped out of school. My parents might not have known. <laughs> they, they didn't, they were just like, they're very busy just trying to get my brothers through school, get them to go to school, get them to, <laughs> they didn't care. I could be like, I just got all A's again. They'd be like, okay, fine. Do you need me to sign something or what? They, they did not fucking care. But it was very important to my self-worth and to who I was. Like, who, who am I? Um, and so like, it's very difficult for me to, I try to stay out of my kids' schooling stuff because I don't want pressure on them. I don't want to be a negative force. And the truth is, like, I am, I can guide, I can help, but I am not really in charge of their school future. They are. They have to do the work. The teacher sets the, teacher sets up the program and they do the work. And all I can do is just, like, try to be like, did you do your homework today? And, and things like that. I can't go in there and take tests for them and shit. And these aren't my grades. They are separate people from me. But it's difficult for me. And like, it's one of those things I have to, t- I have to talk to myself about. I have to remind myself. I mean, I'm not a perfect person. I do wrong shit all the fucking time. And so I have to be like, okay, listen. So I already knew that their reading levels were below because we were setting up for reading this summer. Everybody's going to read 20 minutes a day and in exchange for getting more screen time, right? I knew their levels were low. Uh, my oldest sons are very low. And... um. I, and I knew that he had a couple of C's in there. So he's going to he's gonna roll out with probably two B's and two C's. And and also the way the school, my district is, I can like look in and I can see their grade from assignment to assignment. I can log in and see that they did not turn in this paper last Thursday. I can, as soon as the teacher logs in and isn't missing, it's, and they, and they do, they do grades daily or at the very, like it really depends on the teacher, but at the very at the very least they do it weekly so you can go in there and look you really you can see everything and so I was like all right I see what's happening here okay and I'd already given myself a pep talk like listen first of all nobody's gonna fail any grades because they don't let kids fail grades anymore I mean you gotta really do some shit to fail a fucking grade they they'll bump you to the next grade and add accommodations to you and accommodations are like things that have to happen to help you succeed so you maybe you need Maybe you need time in special ed or maybe you need special ed time in the regular classroom or maybe you need, like, they'll just let you keep going until, until, like, it's impossible to let you. Like, you really, it's, it's, it's hard to fail the fucking grade, um, which my kids don't necessarily know. So they're, they're, they're a little stressed out. I was like, no, everybody's going to go to the next grade. Um, I'm sure they don't start school year. Like, don't worry, guys, you'll probably get to the next grade no matter what happens. And so... (laughs) Um, so I like, I like got a pep talk with myself, like, listen, these are not your grades. These are his grades and they represent the best he can do. And like grades are bullshit. You already know that princess. Um, cause you got all A's and where the fuck are you? Nowhere. And to, <laughs> and to like the most important thing that you teach and show your kids is that you must continue learning every fucking day of your life, that there will be things for you to know, learn, to be curious about. And three, that the only competition you have is with yourself. So if you have a C and you brought that from a D, that's a fucking big deal. Um, so I had the whole prep pep talk with myself. They got home on Thursday. Actually Wednesday is when I when I got their final final grades. And they had a they, they all had Zoom um award ceremonies. I can be in five Zoom award ceremonies at once. 
So I chose to go to none because that's what you got to fucking do. Because if you show up to one, everybody thinks you love that one. And especially with Bunny. Bunny. Bunny is taking notes. She got a list. She checking it twice. She knows who I love the most. She knows because she's done the numbers and the metrics. And she's got a spreadsheet. (laughs) I looked at this person. 14% 14% more than I looked at her. And therefore, I love them more than I love her. That's, she knows. She hears me in the room with the other boys. She believes she heard three kisses. <laughs> she has written it down. And she is, she's calculated the number of kisses I've given her since the day I met her and she is low. <laughs> so, So if I were to appear at anyone's award ceremony on the Zoom call, she would know about it and she would, I don't know, murder me in my sleep. I'm not sure, but she, her displeasure will be known. So I can't go to any of them. (laughs) That's fine. Um, But they all came home and they all made AB on her own. My oldest pulled those two C's up at the last fucking moment. Um, with his exams, he's in the fourth grade, or he was in the fourth grade. It's not really an exam, but it's an exam. You know what I'm saying? End of the year shit. And he pulled them up, just, oh, but it's gonna his teeth by one fucking point. And I promptly went wild over him because, you know, you know, <laughs> guys, I used to be a lot like Candace from Potomac. I used to say a lot of stuff and... I used to talk wild for somebody who didn't really want to fight, right? Because I'm not a fighter, regardless of what you think of me. I'm not. I just am not going to let anybody roll up on me. That's it. But I actually am not interested in fighting anybody. I'm never thinking to myself, oh, I hope I get into a fight today. I only, if I have to, I fucking will. I'm not going to let you fuck me up. And I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you put your fucking hands on my kids. But <laughs> other than that, I'm just like, uh, do I really want to ruin my life fighting? <laughs> and so... So, but I used to just talk real reckless. <laughs> like, I used to just say shit. I used to, there wasn't a lot of filter between what I was thinking and what I was saying. And I, re- I had a bright fucking memory of being in middle school and telling someone that an AB honor roll was not a real honor roll. Only the A honor roll was real. The AB honor roll was because some people must have felt bad and started and wanted to give out more awards. I really fucking said that. And was like, why are you offended? That's the truth. <laughs> And so, like, I old me, fucking, you know, 30 years ago would have been like, I don't know if ABR rolls really something we need to be, you know, celebrating because it just seems like it's A's and B's or maybe it's just B's. That's not really the honor roll at all, is it? <laughs> but evolve me. Thank God I'm not like that anymore. Thank fucking God. <sighs> um, I've grown and evolved. But... Me now, I'm like, hey, you did a big fucking deal. Like, you pulled those grades up. You've got, like, we went over his reading levels and how far he gone and all these things that he'd been doing. And I'm, like, super proud of him. And I told him so. And I actually brought each kid over to my desk quietly. And we went over their grades. I made sure they knew what their grades were and things. And we talked. Because they don't just give them awards for A, B, honor roll, not A, honor roll. They give them awards for acts that they did throughout the year, like, being a caring person or, you know, so I'm looking at their little certificates and I'm like talking about this thing and bigging them up and being like, yeah, man, look at you. Look at what you've done. And obviously I did Bunny first because again, if you compliment anybody in front of Bunny, 
That's like stabbing her in the heart. So, but yeah, she did fucking good too. She got two A's and two B's and she and she's doing very well in her reading. She's just doing the best she can. And through thinking about all the shit she's been through, yeah, man, you're doing amazing. It's summertime. You've got through it. And actually, Cheeks got the best grades. Cheeks. Cheeks is the one who has the hardest time at school. Cheeks is the one I have to not let go to school sometimes because Cheeks... School doesn't do it for Cheeks, okay? He don't like sitting there all day. And people get on his fucking nerves. Cheeks is the one I sometimes have, like, if anybody's in trouble, it's fucking. If anybody's in the principal's office, it's Cheeks. Absolutely. Turtle doesn't even know where the principal's office is. <laughs> if somebody called Turtle to the principal's office, you might as well call 911 because you're going to need a fucking ambulance. He would he'd be like, what? <laughs> Cheeks, that's his buddy. <laughs> He's like, ah, I guess I'm going to principal's office again. Turns out, uh, I need to go to the principal's office. <laughs> but, and I, I do have to, I foresee giving him regular breaks until he's in, until he graduates high school. He, there are times he just cannot be at school. It's just not possible. But he got the best fucking grades. He killed his multiplication tables. This is a boy that one day, we had a very sad day in this house because it was a wild time over the seven multiplication tables because he felt like I was ne- it was never going to be good enough. Here he did. He learned his fours. Great. He learned his fives. Awesome. He learned his six. Great. And then, he, then I said, well, let's start the sevens. He was like, are you fucking crazy? He didn't say that, but that's that's a look he gave me. Like he, He's like, are you, what's wrong with you? Every time I learn something, here you go with something new. What the fuck? Like he... Had the biggest fucking meltdown. He can't do sevens. Sevens are too hard. He'll never be able to do sevens. One through sixes are fine. <laughs> That's all he's going to need in life. He'll never need to know what seven times seven is. What are you talking about? Guess what? He does the best multiplication tables in the fucking class. He's out here, he's out here throwing out these 12s like it ain't nothing. He's writing better. He's reading better. He's fucking living it up. I, he told me he wanted to be a doctor. I told you have to go. To the doc- I told him you have to go to the school for twenty years. He said he doesn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's gonna be an entrepreneur. Maybe he's gonna sell drugs. I don't fucking know. Could be in porn as long as it's not that. As long as it's not anything gross. No, no poop stuff, guys. No pee stuff. Other than that, just do what you gotta do. But I'm very proud of him. And turtle, like I said. I didn't even talk to him about these fucking C's because I had already talked to him. I was like, princess, C's are average. That means fine. <laughs> and if it's fine, then it's fine. And I didn't even say anything, but he pulled them up. He like, I don't know. He just, he, I just very proud of him. I'm just super fucking proud of him. And he doesn't like his reading levels either, but he's like, I'm going to read 20 minutes every day this summer and I'm going to work on it. And because summer school is tricky where we live. He signed himself up for summer school and doesn't realize it. They call it like rocket ship to learning. (laughs) Literacy hold down. (laughs) I was like, guys, this is a trick in summer school. (laughs) They signed himself up for some summer school. Fuck. (laughs) And I was just like, really? He's like, yeah, I want to go to school in the summer. And I, I, he's like, this is for literacy. I need help on my literacy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen he's 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 below so he just entered fifth grade but he's at the end of third grade in reading level which 
is low. It's very low. And to me, like if someone had told when I was going to fifth grade that I was at the, if someone had told me I was at the fifth grade level, I would have been like, run it again. <laughs> That's not true. I'm special. <laughs> Such a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm special. Okay. It's not possible. I, I, I'm gifted. Look, they wrote it on this piece of paper. I have a certificate. What do you mean I'm not gifted? <laughs> but like the end of third grade level is fine for most of what he reads like most um most writing you read is between a fourth and sixth grade level <laughs> reading like if something is written in the 12th grade level it's actually quite like if i were like if i were like doing a freelance project and i wrote it in a 12th grade level for the most part they'd be like princess you have to rewrite this this can't go out this way because <laughs> that's not that's not how people fucking read no one's gonna fucking read this princess <laughs> so yeah like i like so when i was telling my husband he was like how the fuck did he get a b honor roll if he can't read i was like he i was like you need to not like listen to me because in the third grade reading level he can read quite well <laughs> he can read quite well it's just that it's not the level i wanted to be. so he's he's doing fine. he just needs more practice it's fine my kids like to read fuck and and so school's over day camp starts for most of the children on tuesday the little one's home there's no day camp for him because there's no vaccinations and you have to like most of the camps are at half capacity or you know they're trying to figure it out i mean and quite frankly if i could avoid it i wouldn't take them to camp at all but i mean it's just not how life is going right now um pandemic's still going strong babies so but it's gonna be me and the little one at home for the summer and after that, we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm tired, guys. I'm tired. So I, all that shit say that I had a big fucking week, and I was gonna go to Five Below when, the, when school got out, and I bought them ice cream, and, we did and I had a lot of work to do this week. And I went to you guys know if you listen to my bonus episode this week, I went to the company party and got drunk. I didn't get drunk. I had one drink and I don't drink, so I felt like I was at a bad girls club. So um, it's just been a long week, and uh, and I didn't record when I was supposed to, and I'm like. Oh, maybe I won't do it this week. But here's the thing. Liz is off this week. And one, I promise to be here. I want to be here when I say I'm going to be here. Two, the I think, so I don't take very many breaks. I don't, I'm not, I don't have many weeks where I'm not on, where I don't have a new episode. But I think the last time I was off, Liz was off. And the time before that, I was off. Liz was off too. And maybe because they're, they're around holidays is what I expect. That's what I assume. But I was like, do people think me and Liz have the same? Listen, okay. Whenever I go on Liz's podcast, she always calls me honorary co-host of the show. And like the first couple times I was on her podcast, the next time she did an episode, she was like, should I just do a podcast with Princess? It was so easy, blah, blah, blah. And those things very much warm my heart. It makes me feel good. I don't think I'd be a podcaster if it wasn't for Liz. If I didn't start going on Liz's podcast and enjoying the feedback I got and having fun, just chopping it up, calling other people's kids ugly, you know, whatever. <laughs> Nova Lee Rain, Nova Lee Balterra looks like Steve Buscemi to me. And there's nothing you can fucking say to me to change my mind. She looks like fucking Steve Buscemi. That's what it is. I didn't do it. They did it. <laughs> so don't get mad at me. <laughs> I got a whole house full of ugly kids. You don't see me crying. So <laughs> my kids aren't ugly. If you look at their school pictures, they're ugly. Those are the ugliest pictures I've seen of children in my life. Anyway, I'm not going to go back into that. <laughs> but, like, doing that with Liz is, 
the only reason this podcast, it's the only reason I had a podcast called Spelling Tea on, um, I forget what EPP is called now, but on that network is the only reason I got that podcast, I think. Um, they took a chance on me and treated me with kid fucking gloves and so sweetly and so nicely for over a year. Like, and if, if Liz hadn't invited me on a bunch of times, if Molly and Nicole from EBP had not treated me with kid fucking gloves for a year and just let me do my own little thing on the Patreon, I don't think Buy Pumpkin would exist. I don't think so. I just don't. Not like this anyway. And so... Like, does it make me feel nice when, when I'm on her? She writes in the description that she thinks nobody reads <laughs> that, that uh, honorary co-host Princess is here. Yeah, it makes me feel good. But me and Liz do not have the same podcast. And um, so I know I, like, nobody's coming at me being like, why are you and Liz off at the same time? But so already she was off this week. And I was like, the last two times we were off at the same time. And I don't, I want to get off of that. Um, by the way, I am going to look at the future and, and I'm going to like pick the weeks I'm going to be off. So you guys will know in advance. And then also I was like, I didn't tell them I was going to be off. I told them I was going to be there. So I'm going to show up. And also this week is supposed to be a palate cleanser. Cause I'm going to stop, start mob wives next week. Season eight is on the way. We're going to talk about Dreeter. We're going to be talking about Leah's father. We're going to talk about what you do when a rat is in your circle. We're going to be talking about it. But I wanted a palate cleanser in between. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, and so I had to kind of figure it out. And what I landed on was I wanted to do an episode 16 and pregnant. Which, again, me and Liz do not have the same podcast. It is okay if we cover similar topics. In fact, they're, Kara too. Kara and I often cover similar uh, topics. Uh, it just happens, and I know that you that if you listen to me, you probably listen to Carrie, and you definitely listen to Liz, and you you definitely listen to Troy, and there are other people in this like era, 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 area, I don't know, space that you associate me with that you also listen to. But sometimes we're gonna have cross things, and there is gonna be a time when I'm gonna cover Team Mom. Now, how am I gonna cover Team Mom? I'm gonna start a new podcast called princess's feathers in my hair and that's how i'm gonna cover team mom i'm gonna have liz come on but, no, not. but like i am gonna get to team mom at some point and i am gonna talk about things that maybe you've heard when i've been on other podcasts or that are similar but i mean it's gonna be my take um i might even do team mom i love team mom what was that girl there's a guy on there i forget his name is it steed i don't know but the motherfucker got too many teeth and not enough teeth at the exact same time. And it is scary. I just, I was just like, how, how is it, you just have all the teeth and no teeth. How, how are you doing that over there? Magic, I guess. I don't know. Man, I want to talk about that. I might, <clears throat> I thought about going back and doing Team Mom 3. Uh, I thought about that. I've thought about going through, I've thought about doing a limited series of 16 and Pregnant. Um, we'll see because... It, it would mean I'd have to pull out different 16 and pregnants, the ones that have different things that happen. Because the fact is 16 and pregnant, just it's always going to happen the same way. I mean, it is what it is. But um, so this week I decided to do a 16 and pregnant episode. And I was like, am I going to get on this fucking main feed and do a 16 and pregnant episode? And someone's going to be like, um, you know, Liz talks about the teen mom girls and 16 and pregnant and stuff like that. Yeah, I know that. I've been on the show. I've been, <laughs> I, I listen to the show every fucking week and I'm on, I've been on the show quite a bit. I think I, I might have been on more than anybody else. Although 
I don't know. I might have been on feathers in my hair more than anybody else. I don't... Liz explains it all. I think... I would say Stoss might have been on the most. Maybe? Yeah? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, like, I... There might be sometimes... Sometimes we gotta cross the streams. And hopefully you know what that movie is from because it's very important to my personality. Um... So let's, let's do the fucking show. It was hard to find an episode to do. I was like, should I do one of these newer episodes that are coming out? But I haven't really been watching that. And the brand, the Buy Pumpkin brand is not new. It's old. Like it's host princess. So um, I was like, should I go back? And I don't want to really do any of the teen moms right now. Maybe, maybe I could do a limited series where I go back and do the 16 and pregnancy of all the teen moms. Maybe I could do that. I love Brianna's uh, 16 and pregnant. I think it's so funny. Um... <laughs> Chelsea looks ugly in hers and not like ugly because Chelsea's not an ugly person what I mean though is she looks ugly in that like like when you look at yourself from a certain year you're like oh why were we doing that Chelsea looks terrible <laughs> Adam's got hair Farah, I actually saw the thumbnail for hers and because I recently went back and watched hers and then I did the first and then I recently went back and watched the first couple seasons of Teen Mom and Farah looks so she looks exactly the same but so different too she's got that baby face like uh fair changed a lot um so i was trying to figure out which ones to do i went back and there was one i wanted to do i forget the chick's name but she's black and her boyfriend's white and he has white dreads and i was like i don't need that kind of negativity in my life right now but i did want to do that one i thought that was an interesting dynamic and i was like no i can't can't take it on it's been a, it's been it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough week. I can't also talk about white dreads on the podcast. Can't do that. And then there was another one that I was like, I think I remember this. And then it said her name was Cleandra. And I was like, no, thank you. Not today. Not Cleandra. Not today. And finally, I, I thought about doing the one where the girl had twins and her parents kept telling her to leave that boy alone. And she was like, he's the father of my kids. And she he actually left her on the side of the road, those fucking twins, like through, in my recollection, through, like, I, I feel like I, I feel like I can picture him throwing a, a car seat out the window. <laughs> that probably didn't fucking happen. That, that probably didn't happen. But I feel like, I feel like I know that one. Um, what I settled on was Allie and she's season three, episode 10. Um, there's a lot of arguing in this episode. And I was like, okay, I like to take sides. I like to judge on the podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> it came June twentieth of twenty eleven. Um, that's when it. That's when it was. Uh, that's when it aired. Um, we meet Allie. Allie's sixteen. Uh, she lives in Texas. She looks like T she looks like Tina. She didn't tell us, but she looks. Um, she's got a lot of eyeliner. She's got bangs and a side ponytail. <laughs> she got a lot going on. She lives in Pasadena, Texas, which I had to look up. It's um. It's in the Houston suburban area, the greater Houston area, uh, which means she's like about three hours away from me. Um, Houston has a ton of suburbs. It's a fucking huge, huge city. And she hates it there. She's from New Jersey. And the only reason she's in Texas is because her father was moving from New Jersey to Texas. And so the way she describes this is, is, is tricky to begin with. She's like, and my mom didn't have room for me to stay with her. I'm like, okay, so what the fuck does that mean? You're staying with your dad in a, probably in an apartment and he's moving to Texas. 
and your mom wants you to stay, you want to stay in New Jersey, but your mom is living where? I'm assuming your mom's like staying with her mom or something like that. Like I'm just assuming your mom doesn't have her own place. That's what I'm assuming. So she ends up in Texas. She doesn't like it there. She misses New Jersey. I can imagine uh, Texas ain't New Jersey, baby. And she, but she's making friends and she met someone in Texas. His name is Joey. He is a sophomore. I believe she's a senior. And she says she's going to forgive him for that because he's on the football team. <laughs> Girl, you in Texas, everybody on the football team. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, what position does he play? Like, what are you saying? I remember when it mattered whether you dated, whether, like, when you're in high school, if you're a senior dating a sophomore, it's kind of a big deal. Even though in real world, you're only three to four years older than each other. And if you get 10 years down the line, shit doesn't matter. But it matters then because of the age difference. I actually have been watching In Treatment. Guys, I'm an In Treatment head. I love fucking In Treatment. Uh, I watch that shit all the time. I love In Treatment. And my husband hates it because I used to just be like laying in bed watching In Treatment. It's just two people in a room talking. It's it. It's all it fucking is. And he's like, are they going to do anything? I was like, not really. <laughs> They're just going to verbally spar with each other. <laughs> But um, it came back for season four. There are three seasons. Gabriel Byrne is the the therapist. And this time they have a black female therapist, uh, Uzo Adubo, I believe is how I say her name. She actually looks like my last therapist, a lot like my last therapist. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. Oh, black women, I've got support. Black women, let's do this. And I've been watching it. It's only, the nice part about In Treatment is the way they set it up is that Every day of the week, there's an episode, but the episode is with a different patient. And so you get, uh, is it an hour this time? I think it's only 30 minutes, maybe. Um, so it's an hour. The last time I tweeted about this, somebody with Gabriel Byrne in their, in their fucking uh, bio, like showed up to be like, it was actually this, this is the year it went. And I said, that's why I said, or something. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just saying, because Gabriel, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. Is that all you have to fucking do is search Gabriel Burns? Gabriel Byrne? Come on, man. Um, But it's like 30 minutes, I believe, each day. And so on Mondays, you get this this person. On Tuesday, you get this person. Thursday, blah, blah, blah. And so it comes on every week. And so it's actually kind of a lot of episodes a season because of the way they do it. Um, And so far, I've been, oh, it's fine. It's, I, I'm, they don't tell you everything. Like I said, everything's just dialogue. There's no, I mean, there's exposition because there's always exposition. Exposition is when someone tells you what's happening. Um, no exposition at all is very hard to do. But like if you have a voiceover or um, like at the beginning of Star Wars where they have that fucking writings on the screen, that's exposition where I'm gonna fucking tell you about the thing. And then... But too much exposition is bad. It's, I mean, it really is bad. And so uh, this has very little exposition to the point where I sometimes I'm like, okay. Because it's almost like a mystery. You have to like listen to what they're saying to each other and kind of figure it out what's going on. Yeah, so I've been enjoying it. It's fine. That house is sick. <laughs> her house is sick. Um, I don't like that all her, that most of her patients, I mean, the, the first one we see isn't that aggressive. 
but I don't like that the other two patients I saw her with were really aggressive with her. And, you know, Rachel and I were tweeting about it, and she says that some people are like that, and a trained therapist has to know how to handle it. Now, me, like, that never occurred to me to, like, pay money to go somewhere, show up to make an appointment, show up to the appointment, and then be an asshole when you get there. Like, you don't have to come here. Nobody has to come here. But I understand other people different. Like, I've only had two therapists, and they've all, they've been very nice to me. And I've, I've disagreed with them, but I've never been like, and what the fuck do you know? Like, I've never, like, why would I do that? If I don't think they know anything, it's not coming here. You know, nobody, nobody's in a slavery. Like, we, we end this anytime we fucking want to. But the reason I'm thinking about that is because the teenager, I mean, she's 18, but she's a teenager, that's coming to see her and claims she's a sex addict. Um, she might be, who knows, uh, is talking about how she's like, and she's like really into this girl. And after a little talking, they realize the girl is probably like 14 and the patient's 18. And like, you know, she's like, oh, we're all, we're all in high school and everything. And yeah, I get that. I understand that. But this is one of the reasons why a senior and a freshman are, because all there's a little bit of years, one of you hits the adult mark and the other one doesn't. You know, especially like, in fact, quite a few of you hit the adult mark if you're in certain states where like 17 is the age of consent. There are some states where 16 is. I mean, anyway, so I'm just thinking about how she's like, he's a sophomore. I'm like, oh yeah. When you guys are like 38 and 36, no one's going to care. <laughs> Um, you might as well be the same age. Um, she says, so she does the part that I love in every 16 and pregnant. This is my favorite part where they go, my boyfriend's going to be an astronaut and I'm going to be the world's first cheerleading president. But will that all have to wait? Because I'm pregnant. <laughs> so she goes, Joey and I goof around a lot and have a lot of fun together, but things are about to get serious. Because I'm pregnant. That's when they reveal. Because before all the stuff they show you, they try to show you your stomach or whatever. So she's 23 weeks pregnant. And they got pregnant two months into knowing each other. Two months. (laughs) So, like, obviously I don't want to judge. I don't want to be this old person. By the way, I've always been an old person, like, all my life. And... And even when I was a teenager and I'd be watching shows, I'd be like, you should probably just listen to your mom because she knows better than you do. (laughs) But I'm actually super old now. And as soon as I see this, I'm like, okay, so it's not going to work out. (laughs) You know what? I want to talk about a This Is Us spoiler. Skip a fucking head. I'm trying to be better about spoilers because... I, first of all, you can't spoil me. I don't care if I know what happens. I'll still enjoy the ride. So, but that's not how the people are. I think I spoiled Superstore for a bunch of people when I, I'm sorry guys. I, I, I never think anybody's watching what I'm watching. I don't know why, but it was the, the finale of fucking Superstore. Everybody was watching it. What's fucking wrong with you, princess? But, so this is us last week. Um, first of all, I want to talk about, uh, what's her fucking name? Beth. Beth, I support you supporting Test in all ways, okay? But you can't just wear a different dress if you in a wedding. You can't just be like, this dress isn't really me. And just, you can't, you in a wedding. You get away what they say. And I, 
I hate weddings like that. I hate, I hate, I don't want to be a part of no fucking wedding. I hate when they, everybody has to wear the same dress. Dress costs fucking $300. Fucking dress you can't ever wear again in your goddamn life. Bullshit. I get that. But that's why I don't be in wedding parties. You cannot change the dress. And I think it's already weird that Madison has you in the, has Tess in the wedding party. Madison is, knows Kate very well. Beth, she doesn't know you very well. I know you guys have been around each other, but you're not friends. You're acquaintances. And why are your children in the wedding party? That's, that doesn't even make any sense. I don't know why y'all just saw those, those dresses the first time you walked in there to be in the wedding, like at the wedding. That, that, that's interesting too. But all that to say, you cannot just change a dress when you're in a wedding. You just can't. You need to talk to someone about it. You need to check. Maybe I miss, maybe I was so appalled that I missed a part where they went to Madison and was like, Tess actually does not feel very comfortable in this dress. Can we change it into whatever style her, her little teenage self wants right now? Can we? Can we? Like, I don't fucking know. But here I'm, now I'm really at the spoiler now, guys. I'm really at the fucking spoiler. So, so Madison and, and uh, Kevin don't get married fine you guys know i don't give a fuck about kevin i don't care about him getting married i don't care about those fucking kids i don't care about anytime i see him on the fucking screen i'm like uh who gives a fuck this guy's an asshole and he's been an asshole i don't like kate either i don't like kate when is kate gonna die that's what i'm looking forward to i i don't like kate it's not because she's fat i feel like a lot of people don't like her because she's fat like automatically don't like her because she's fat she has a bad fucking attitude and here's randall this sweet baby <coughs> of the show who I watch Randall and Beth do any fucking thing. I watch Randall and Beth eat fucking cereal, okay? <laughs> Even though Randall's annoying too, Randall give you anything but fucking space. Me and Randall couldn't do this. Me and Randall could not do this. First of all, Randall, don't show up when I'm in a bad space and play Casey and JoJo. Oh, hey, don't do that to me. That is a terrible song. It's very singable, but it's terrible. As soon as I heard close to me like my mother, close to me like my father, close to me like my sister, close to me like my brother, I would just leave. Because I went through this one time in my life. I'm not doing this again. But anyway, whatever. I, I don't care about Kevin. And it's not even like I hate him. Because I, like, I think in the past I've said I hate him. I just don't care about him. At all. Kev, who cares what happens to Kevin? I care about Kate a smidge. I think I care about Kate because she's fat. If Kate was not fat, I wouldn't give a fuck about her. Anyway, I'm doing spoilers. I'm still doing spoilers. So they don't get married, okay? Because Madison realizes he doesn't love her. I'm like, Madison, you right. But can we figure this shit out before the day of the fucking wedding? You knew he didn't love you back then. You gonna wait till we about to get ma Madison? Your your timing is terrible, terrible. But the the reason she knows he doesn't love because like they weren't together, they weren't seeing it for each other. He wasn't like in love with her. She got pregnant and he wanted kids, and they decided to try to make it work. And the affection they feel for each other is not the same as being in love. Like, they like each other. He obviously cares about her. I mean, he couldn't even lie to her on that day and tell her he, he loved her. He couldn't do it. So, 
tis what it is, you know? And she was right. She's absolutely right. And so back, bring it back to what I'm fucking supposed to talk about. As soon as they're like, we got pregnant two months ago, she was like, okay, so you're not going to be together. Because y'all don't even fucking know each other. <laughs> this only works in Harlequin romance novels. Let me tell you, I've read a billion of them. It's all I read. Not all. I read a lot of shit. I mostly like sci-fi. Actually, there's a series called So You Want to Be a Wizard. And I, I should get my kids into that. I, I like fantasy and sci-fi a lot. Um... I definitely had my Eric Jerome Dickey phase. I think I stole that book from the library. I used to steal a lot of books from the library. <sighs> uh, my moral compass is important to North. And I used, I, re, I read a lot of Eric Jerome Dickey. And I, I liked Harlequin romance novels because I could read like five of them in a fucking day. You know those little thin ones? I could demolish those. Demolish. <laughs> but... Yeah, that it only works in like romance novels like that where you just have one night with the prince and now you're pregnant and then he's like, you must marry me because the heir to Schlossylvania or whatever is in there and now we're going to have to get married. If you don't marry me, I'll make my your life very hard but in a sexy way so this doesn't feel like rape at all. <laughs> and then... You must come and live in my castle where everything's fancy, but then also you can't go anywhere you want to. But then slowly you fall in love with me. Then we have sex in a rainstorm somewhere, but we don't use any words for sex because this is Harlequin. So we say stuff like mound. I think I've, I think that's where I learned the word pubis. I might have. <laughs> love pillows. I don't think they said love pillows. Whatever. It was a long time ago I used to read those things. <laughs> but like, no one was monitoring my reading ever. <laughs> I was just reading too fast. They were, they'd they be like, are you looking at this? I'm like, I'm done with that. I wanted something else. But yeah, like that's the only place this works. And at the end, so then, but then what happens is, is then something has to do, some misunderstanding has to tear them, tear them apart. So after she has the baby, like he's wonderful the whole time she's having the baby. But after she have, he has the baby, she has the baby, maybe she's like up in the middle of the night feeding the baby and she hears him on the phone with his ex-business partner who's also was his lover, who she believes he loves and he will never love her. And so then, <laughs> so then she takes the baby in the middle of the night and escapes the castle. <laughs> and then he finds her and drags her back like a cop. <laughs> and that's when in another rainstorm, they realize they love each other. The end. That was an hour of your time, princess. Well, I wasn't doing it an hour. But I honestly, on a summer day, I could read like four or five of those bitches. Um... Yeah, like that's that's where this works. It doesn't work in in real life. It's it, it's it's awkward and disgusting. Okay, maybe not disgusting. I, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean disgusting. It's not disgusting that you get pregnant by somebody you only know for two months. When I mean disgusting, I mean like when people feel trapped in situations, they don't usually grow to love you. What they do is they grow to be disgusted by you and the fact that they're trapped in the situation. Like Beauty and the Beast doesn't work in the real life where. You need to come and be with me because of a contractual obligation. And I treat you like a person, like a person that, and I treat you like an object in my home. And I refuse to let you leave until your debt is paid. And your debt will be paid in a billion. Like that's not, people do fall in love in those situations, but it's called Stockholm Syndrome. Anyway. So, you know, they're having this conversation for the camera that we already know they already have. This is always my defense of Kyler on uh, T-Mom Young and Pregnant. 
that's something maybe I should maybe I should go back to the first season of that. I really enjoyed it. Um, Kyler used to be so bad on camera, but I was like, first of all, he's a teenage boy, and two, he's already had this conversation already. They're not having a conversation. He has not talked about three to four times with Lexi already. And then maybe also talked about with the producer. And three, you know, he's a Kyler. You know what I'm saying? So they agree that a marriage is too soon, too serious. I agree too. However, I can also agree that you can get just divorced, but it's very hard to divorce a baby. I'm just putting that out there. They both admit they're scared, and at least they're smart enough to be scared, you know? So Allison or Allie, depending on who's talking to her, Allie goes to eat with her little friends, and I bet production paid for it. I bet they were like, hell yeah, let's get some Tex-Mex. Might even get an appetizer since they're going to fucking pay for it. Shit. <laughs> and, I mean, because they're broke. She's not going. If she's going anywhere, it's Taco Bell. So, and Tex-Mex is cheap. It's delicious and cheap, but I'm just saying, like, they're in a sit-down restaurant. They're, like, fucking teenagers. Um, her friends seem fine. Um, I'm going to say this, and I know I shouldn't say this because I have a mostly white audience, but uh, that little black girl's hair, I need. she needs help. It's greasy. It's fried. Laid to the side. Um, grease is for your scalp, not your hair. Uh, it, she needs help with her hair. And all them bobby pins in it to kind of keep it down. No, no. And listen, we all been there. You're in high school. I know. I know. I know. You know, and I'm sure you don't have money for a lace front or whatever, but there are ways that we can do this hair that doesn't look like this. Um, I'm just putting that out there. Allison says people stare at her in class and her mom wanted her to get an abortion. Her dad didn't talk, and but her dad didn't talk to her for like a week after she told him. And then when he did, he told her to get an adoption or get out. I often think about when I watch these, what would have happened if I had gotten pregnant when in high school? I mean, I was definitely fucking in high school. I was definitely fucking before I was 16. Um, I probably would have wanted an abortion, but money would have been an issue. I don't know how much abortions cost, but I have a feeling at the time they cost about 500 bucks for some reason. I don't know why. I don't actually know anybody who got an abortion um, or that I know the details of them getting abortion. Plenty of people got abortions. I probably just don't know about them. Um, I think money would have been an issue, but I wouldn't be surprised if my mom made the money. Like, just paying five hundred dollars for for an abortion for me would not have like. I feel like they could have the money. They could have the the money could have. It wouldn't have been a big deal to get the money, but I think it would have hurt. And I think they would have been upset with me. But I think my mom would have got it because um, my mom has five sisters and a brother, and she grew up like in a home where. Women had to do a lot of work. Um, what she would do is six days of the week, they would, my mom, each each daughter was assigned a day and her mother would sit at the table and instruct them on how to make food for the family. And then her mother would make dinner on Sundays. They had to clean up a lot. They had they just had a lot of stuff. And that informed the way my mom raised me and that my mom didn't give me chores. My mom didn't really like, if I was happy in my room reading Kit Kats and reading books, she wanted me to be happy in there. Because that's really what... My mom was a reader, too. She just wanted to read books and be left alone. But all of my mom's sisters, including my mom, got pregnant before they left high school. All of them. And my mom uh, had my brother at 18. She had me at 20. And my youngest and my youngest biological brother at 21. And then I have a stepbrother who was born, like, a few years later. And, like, having kids ruined my mom's life. And that doesn't mean my mom was never happy again, but having kids 
took all away all her options, took it ruined her life. I'll just say that. And she made that very clear to us when we were young. My mom did not want children. She did not want us. And I don't mean that like she hated us and didn't love us, but she obviously loved us. Even when I've been like not great with my mom, like fighting with her, I've never doubted for a fucking day in my life that she loves me because my mother goes hard for me. Don't get me wrong about that. Bitch won't give me a ride to school, but <laughs> she'll be up there if she has to. <laughs> and then I'll probably have to walk home while she drives home. <laughs> Whatever. But I've never doubted that she fucking loves the fuck out of me. But she makes it clear my mom never liked children. And in her older age, she definitely likes children. She likes her grandchildren. She doesn't randomly like children. And I was just talking to my dad the other day and thinking, like, it's some real clown shit, guys. If I lived near my parents, like, why don't I live near my parents? My parents are so good for getting your kids on Friday night and bringing them back Sunday morning. My parents, like, because I'm, I'm thinking about what's going to happen this fall and pending vaccinations and things like that. My kids want to go back to, to activities. And, and, like, I know for a fact my dad would drive to my house, pick my kids up and take them to soccer practice and bring them back. And he would be responsible for that every fucking week until soccer was over. And he would not care. I know he baked me cakes and mow my lawn. I know my mom would be like, come over. Let me give you all these clothes out of my closet. Oh, we're getting new beds. Here are some beds for you. Do you want a riding lawnmower? I, yeah, that, that's my, my mom fucking loves me. And she would like take care of me. But here I am like a fucking clown living a thousand miles away from them. Like a, with five fucking kids, like a f- real clown shit. And my mom loves her grandchildren. But my mom did not love being a mom. She just didn't. And from a young age, I knew that's probably why I have kids. Why I have kids so young. My mom hated having kids. And like I remember when she showed me her hysterectomy scar, and she was like, "This is what you have done to me." And I was like, "Oh shit, I did that." I was young, guys. I was like fucking five or six years old. My mom has um, cysts, and so she got a hysterectomy very fucking young. And she was also like, I got a fucking, a, bunch, a buttload of fucking kids. Don't worry about it. Just yank this shit out of me. Um, but I was like, oh, I did that? Oh, I thought I was just running around here being a heathen. I didn't know I was out here scarring people up. <laughs> she just didn't, she didn't, my mom, she's not, it wasn't what she was in her 20s. And I, like, I forgive her for that. But having kids didn't ruin my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had kids much younger I get a thrill out of fixing things and the scheduling and the making this work in the bathroom. Like if you try to get a fucking hold of me from about five till about nine o'clock, I, you can't get a hold of me. I'm sliding in the bath time and signing conduct cards. And did you need a swimsuit in this backpack tomorrow? Blah, 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 blah. That's what I'm doing at that time. And I fucking like it. There are times when I'm tired or when I'm frustrated. And I find that very interesting that like, even people like in my regular life, if I am talking, if I'm complaining about an aspect of having kids, they'll be like, you need to get rid of those kids. <laughs> like one of my sister-in-laws be like, girl, can you get them kids back? Because and they're fucking serious. And like, you don't have to like everything all the time. But I am never like kids didn't ruin my life the way they ruined my mom's life. My mom's an extrovert. My mom likes to party. My mom loves to fucking dance. I don't know if she's good at it, but she loves to fucking dance. My mom is out on these streets. My mom liked to go. <laughs> my mom, that's what my mom is like. My mom used to just leave the house sometimes and not even fucking tell us. And just be, you just be like, okay, so is she here? 
No. Where'd she go? Mm-hmm. She coming back? Who the fuck really knows? We, you, hopefully, maybe, we'll see. She, as my father used to say, eventually she'll need gas money, so she, we'll see her again. So, and so, like, having kids really changed everything for her in a way that I don't think she ever fucking forgot. And so if I had been, like, 16 or, or 15 and pregnant, I have a feeling she would have figured out the money part because I really think that for her, it just, it she would have been like gone back to when she was found, she was pregnant in 17. Like my mom, when my mom and her sisters were pregnant in high school, you couldn't go to high school anymore. You had to go to, I believe it's called Carnata. There was a pregnancy high school where my parents grew up and they, you need to go to that high school from then on. Um, mom didn't go to prom like it, just all kinds of shit that like and listen my mom and bunny have a lot in common they like to dress up in sparkly shit and go places and put a bow in their hair and dance they they love that type of shit that's not anything i'm interested in but <laughs> oh loves that type of shit and so when she tells you she missed fucking prom like it's something she cared about it really is so yeah i think i would have i think they would have made a way for me to get an abortion um I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that, like, she would have been like, no, you have to have a baby. I don't think she would have done that. Anyway, all the little friends, all of uh, Allie's little friends agree that it was wild that her dad kicked her out. I don't think my parents would have kicked me out either. I really don't. Um, I think I think they would have been mad. <laughs> I ain't raising this baby, but I don't think they would have said, you gotta go. I don't think so. And Allie says that her other option was to go to New Jersey, but then she and Joey would break up. And my question is, how come Joey can't move to New Jersey? What is Joey doing? <laughs> anyway, so Joey says he's ready to be a parent. And so he's all in for this. And what happens is that Ali starts living with Joey at his house with his parents. And Joey's mom, Yolanda, does not care, doesn't want her there. I'm going to be real. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I would not... If one of my kids got, so let's say it was Bunny. If Bunny got pregnant in high school, I would ground Bunny and the baby. <laughs> and y'all would live here and y'all would be grounded. <laughs> You're not leaving here. You and this baby are not just out on these fucking streets. That's it. Just where you live at. We have to work it out. I'll do what I can. If one of, I have four sons. If one of my sons got someone pregnant in high school, I don't think I would want that person to come and live here. Um, and so Bunny got pregnant, her, her partner could not come and live here either. I, I'd be like, no, they don't, they can't live here. I got you and this baby now. No, I, if one of my sons, and I see myself being like, all right, so you pregnant? All right, Bunny, we need to go find you a job right now before you start showing. So <laughs> go, let's get a job. Let's, let's figure it out. And if one of my sons got someone pregnant, I'd be like, okay, so what's the plan with the money? Do you work? Or you have a job? No? Okay. We, then I would like. We'd have to go help you find a job. Like, I would take you to fill out applications all the time because you can't have a baby and no job. I mean, you can, but it just, it, it, the, the numbers don't work out. And I would be really encouraging to them to be like, okay, well, you need to figure out how much money you make and you need to be clear about what you can contribute and you need to do this. I would be very, like, coachy with them, but I wouldn't be like, tell that girl she can come live over here. I don't, no, 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 no. I feel like I might in an emergency, but I'd be like, okay, well, we need to figure out what you can do to find a place to stay because you can't live here. I don't want you and this baby and this kid. I don't want all y'all. All y'all can't live here. 
got enough people in here. I'm saying this shit, but I can see my, go ahead, bring the baby, come on. <laughs> I would be very, like, <laughs> I know that I would be very, like, strict about, this is what you, like, this is your responsibilities here, whether you're having the baby or the person that gave the sperm to have the baby, whatever. These are your responsibilities here, and I will not allow you to get to the point where the baby is born and you don't have a plan to work, uh, a conversation about what your contribution will be if you're not going to be like raising the baby full time and some expectation of like how you're going to divide labor. Like I, we're not going to get there without these conversations. And I would just, I'd probably be very hard on my sons and be like, and I would try to be very, like my parents with my sister-in-law who my brother's divorced, my oldest brother is divorced and they are like, dead set Nelly's like <laughs> she can't fucking get rid of those motherfuckers and she sees them all the time she but they bring stuff to her house they take the kids for her they they celebrate birthdays with her they she was sick once and my dad like took off his job to drive over to her house and take her to the hospital and watch the kids and like they she is a part of the family um she has her own parents and stuff, but they're just, like, integrated in this family. Like, double, and it does not matter that, that like, they're not together anymore. She is just a part of our family. And I can see myself being someone that's, like, providing money and being like, yes, I will watch your baby on Friday night. And you can come back on Sunday morning to get it. Yeah, I, I do free babysitting. Not a problem. Um, Yes, let me buy you a bunch of shit. for Like, I can see myself trying to be as helpful as possible, but also try, wanting to make sure there are boundaries. Like, I'm not going to now take in another child. I'm not going to raise a baby, but I'm also not going to bring in, like, you and your teenage girlfriend can't come live here. I'm not going to be Joe's parents, right, with Kale and shit. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to live like that. So that's what my hope will be. But I already know all she has to do is come over here and cry. I'd be like, come on, live in here. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not on Yolanda's side by any means, but I'm also like, I do understand why Yolanda don't want you there. Yolanda can barely fucking feed herself, apparently. And apparently the way it worked is that Yolanda met Allie one time, and then the next time, uh, Joey was like, she's pregnant. Well, yeah, because they was only dating two months before she got pregnant, and three months before they found out she was pregnant. Uh, that's how it works, sis. So, everyone's telling Joey he is screwed, but his but I think that's his dad is saying, listen, I went to school, I worked, took care of a baby, and I helped her. He's talking about Yolanda. And Yolanda didn't say anything. I was like, I wonder how fucking true that is. <laughs> they always remember it a little differently. You know, I have a good husband, but he isn't a clone of me. This is, I've actually had to work on this in therapy because I want him to be exactly like me. I want him to do what I would do. I want him to do it exactly the way I would do. I want him to think how I would think. And it's just impossible to have that. Um, and sometimes I think to myself, like, like, first of all, he cooks, he cleans, he's, I actually had to stop this podcast cause my, cause my car horn was honking. I was like, and not like the alarms was honk, 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 like that. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I go in the backyard and he's lying in the trampoline with the kids jumping all over him. And I was like, do you have my keys in your pocket? And he did. He's hitting the horn while, while they're jumping on top of him. He, he is, he is certainly no teenage boy. 
He takes care of me. He takes care of the kids. But if I were to say what I get from him, like 100% is every fucking thing I want from him in life, I might get 80%. Maybe when I'm upset, I feel like it's 70%. But I never think it's more than 80% of what I actually want. And part of like, part of, coming to terms with my life is like what is happening versus what should happen right we can talk about the shoulds all we want to the shoulds uh, that's a wonderful thing to discuss but the fact is we have to deal with what is happening and if i get 80 percent of what i want that's a high percentage in this world at least that's what my therapist told me she might be lying to me just to like keep me from losing my mind but <laughs> 80% is a lot. And I, like, most days I agree. Sometimes I hit 85, but, you know, that's when he's trying very hard. And I feel like I have a pretty fucking good life. I have to do a lot, but I also get a lot of fucking help. And sometimes I think to myself, oh, if I were, is this because I'm in a heterosexual relationship? If I had, like, the luck of the draw, what if I had, like, married a woman and we would got the kids the same way, uh, foster care or whatever, and... Would it be like, would she be like a clone of me and we'd be doing the exact same thing? We care the same about the exact same stuff. And then I would feel like everything would be completely equal, like 50-50 all the time. And the answer is no, because I've been in relationships with women. And let me tell you, <laughs> there's a lot of myths about, like if you're in a relationship with a woman, everything, that's not, not usually. I mean, women are terrible in different ways, but they're terrible too. And my understanding from my experiences and from interacting with other people is that there is always like a lead parent. There always is one. Um, maybe the way you communicate might be different, but there's always a lead parent. There's always someone who does a smidge more than the other one does. It just is. And I believe I'd be in the same situation. Like I told you guys, I am a fixer. I am someone who just wants to tweak it and wants it to be a little bit better. Why can't we do this? Oh, we can do that. Okay, so we can do this now. Like, it's my nature and it's it's part of like what I'm so unhappy about sometimes is because I am like looking at, I'm like, I've got all this great stuff and I keep looking like I could be doing this too. I could be doing that too. And you know, it's my lot in life guys. But I just, for the most part, like women do more. We are, we are more capable of multitasking. Men don't multitask the way women do. We are... Uh, women endure pain and unhappiness longer than men. I don't actually know if that's a good thing, but I know that we do. One of the things I admire and also hate about men is that they can be unhappy for just a f hot fucking minute. And then they're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Meanwhile, some woman's been unhappy for fucking 20 years and never had an orgasm. And, the, and you know, it just... And so in terms of like what men do, I'm not saying... Like, I believe men are, are parents. I believe... Men should be doing equal housework. I believe all of that shit. I just don't know that most people get that. I, I actually believe that for that my husband is one of the very good ones. I really do. Like when I wake up and he got home at fucking two o'clock in the morning and this motherfucker, the first thing he did was clean up the kitchen and put food in the slow cooker so that uh, by the time I wake up, the food is actually done. I don't have to make dinner that night. Like... That he had the forethought to be like, actually, I haven't been here tonight. I'm going to clean up. I'm going to do this, this, and that. And I'm going to make this work so that Princess in the morning, I'm taking some shit. Like, that's that's actually very nice. There are a lot of men that would, that would 
rest on the laurels of that I go to work a lot and I bring home money and that's it. But he doesn't he doesn't do that to me. Um, do I have to cuss him out every four months to make sure he stays aligned? Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, that's just part of the maintenance. It says so in the manual. <laughs> um, uh, Yolanda asked if they consider adoption or abortion. And they say no. And Ali says she doesn't believe in all of that. And um, Yolanda asked what they're going to do. And the dad kind of said, he's like, uh, they all stick, stick here until they're like 18. Cause that's what they have to do. And that's years away. I th- I really think Joey's 15. Um, so that's when Allie tells us that Yolanda has struggled with drugs for a long time. Later on, we find out she's been on opiates for 10 years. They call her a pill popping addict at one point. So that makes sense. Um, and she's unstable. You never know what she's going to do or say. And this makes me have questions about Yolanda, uh, Joey's dad, Yolanda's husband, I suppose, or partner. And it's very hard to be with someone who is a long-term addict and you are not. And I'm not saying it's not possible. Like, I'm not even talking about sober. Just someone who doesn't abuse drugs it happens. Don't get me wrong. It definitely fucking happens. But there's a lot of friction in that because a lot of what goes on when you are abusing drugs, and I'm not even talking about morality stuff, right? It's just inconvenient someone who doesn't use drugs, like stuff with money, money being tight, money being missing, things being missing, the type of people that have to come around, the time you got beat up trying because your regular dealer wasn't doing this. And so you now you had to try to get it from this person. And then that shit wasn't right. So you're fucked up. Like, because you've already, you know, like being missing sometimes, not missing like for days, even if you're a functioning addict, you're just not everywhere you're supposed to be all the time. You know what I mean? And to be in a long-term relationship with someone who's a long-term addict and you don't abuse drugs as well, it's tricky. And so I, so again, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I know someone's, I'm going to get a fucking uh, message on Patreon being like, I have been in a relationship with a heroin addict for 30 years and I don't even drink. Fine. I understand those are exceptions to the rules though. So even though Joey's dad may be not involved at all, I do have questions. And I think, I think that if I were to get to ask those questions, he's either a casual drug user or he's at the same level as she is. Or maybe he's in and out, you know? Job shit, like you don't you can't keep a job or or you can keep a job only for a certain amount of time because eventually some shit happens. Um, drug abusers get hurt a lot. You always like in my experience, because I've known like I've just lived in the world of like drug users all my fucking life, like you will know somebody who has just been like an addict for fucking 40 fucking years, in and out of rehab, in and out of jail. Sometimes they're doing better than they, then sometimes they holding it together. Sometimes they not. It really just depends. But they, they've been fighting this shit for years and years and years. And they don't even fucking die from an overdose or from the drugs or something. They die from getting hit by a fucking car. Or, I don't know, a fucking house fire. Like some, some shit that's almost unrelated, but it's, but it's, Stuff that, like, if you if you take it two steps back, it's related to the drugs, but just not exactly, the, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I'm just thinking about, like, having the... I don't know if I can make a life with somebody like that. Because after a while, you get fucking tired of it. 
they give us a little scene with Yolanda's uh, arguing on the phone and yelling at someone outside and saying she needs a fix. I'm like, but that looks like ADR. So, I mean, it sounds like ADR, so I don't fucking know. The kids, uh, they say they wish they had other options. They don't. Um, this is why we don't have kids in high school. Because your options are limited. They just are. Um, so, Joey's grandma lives like 20 minutes away. And they can stay there maybe. But there's issue about the room. Like, grandma is, is like, there's not enough room for you guys here. And they go over to vent a lot. And I was wondering about this venting session because this is Yolanda's mom. And although she's kind of agreeing with them about the stuff that's going on, she's still Yolanda's mom. And I think people forget that. <laughs> That Allison, in the end, if it's between you and Yolanda, Yolanda's mom picks Yolanda. Even if they're not in a good space. Even, like, and I'm not saying always, but it's just, it's just how it fucking goes. She'll fuck you over because in the end she chooses Yolanda. She's still in her, she, so while they're talking shit, I mean, it's mostly Allison. It's not, or Allie, it's not really Joey. I'm talking about it's loud there all the time. People are in and out. It's one or two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of it. And she yells a lot. And then if anybody's like even awake when she's asleep, she's cussing people out and stuff. And, you know, grandma's agreeing and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. You know, the other day my kids were acting up and I called my mom to complain because she's my mom. And she was like, put me on, uh, put me on FaceTime and normally like my mom's very soft mom's in her 60s now she's a soft lady in a different she's not the 20 year old who had me she's not the 28 year old who I who I mostly remember I mean she's she went back and got the haircut again it's thrilled me that she looks like my mom I always thought she looked like a poodle was there <laughs> and she's back to looking like a poodle of my youth but but um she gets on the FaceTime and she the kids come in one by one and she basically tells them to stop fucking with her kid. <laughs> it wasn't really threatening like that, but it was more, it was like, yeah. And she, and I heard her, she was like, she's your mama and I'm her mama and I'm not going to let you talk to my kid that way. Like I told you mama will be up anybody for me. <laughs> So I know she loves me. <laughs> no, she's not gonna be up my children. But I just thought it was so funny. I was and and Cheeks, who's very close with my mother, they they love each other to pieces. She's always like, eh, he doesn't need to be in trouble today. Why is he always in trouble? Cheeks was like, Nana, she's gonna tell you. She's like, yeah, she's gonna tell me. I'm her mother. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, no matter how close you get to grandma. In the end, Yolanda's her kid. She just is. You can, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, so everyone agrees. Um, and she's always talking about Allie's dad too. Saying that he ain't shit for, for kicking her out. And thank God she let her live there and all this other stuff. So grandma has still not offered to take them in. But they go over there and complain in hopes that she does. And she's willing to bring everyone to her house to kind of like talk it out. So they're talking about, you know, what the kids and the situation and all that. And they're talking about daycare. And Yolanda's like, y'all trust daycare? That baby ain't going to daycare, is it? And Allie has a plan because she 
There's a daycare close to the school that her friend uses that would also be free, probably because she's on fucking Medicaid and, you know, they don't have any income. And so they'll give you like a daycare voucher to so you can go to school or work or whatever, but you do have to prove that you're a full-time student that you are working a certain amount of hours. And it's easy because she's in fucking high school. She can prove she goes to fucking high school. So, um, you know, it's close to, to, to school, so she can walk there to get the baby and, you know. Um, and, but, you know, Yolanda's just like, that baby is not going to daycare. And I'm like, Yolanda, that is not your baby. And also, who are we going to leave it with? You? First of all, I am not, <clears throat> listen, as a child of recovering addicts, I get it. You love your parents regardless of whatever it is, okay? All three of my parents are addicts, are recovering and, and sober now. I get it. I love them. They're great. They did the best they can. Um, they'll be fine with my kids because I am I am confident in their ability to. I'm not going to say I'm confident in their ability to stay sober. It's really none of my fucking business they stay sober. What is my business is are you being parents to me? Are you? Can you be trusted with my children? I believe that to the fucking utmost, okay? But if they were using, I'm thinking like a Kate and a Tyler where they leave with mom who's, who knows how she's doing. I'm thinking of Jade. Um, who leave her kids with her mom who's in a really fucking bad place, a really bad place. Um, I'm not going to leave my kid with you. And I know you might be fine, but what if you ain't fine? And even if, let's take the drugs out of the equation all the time. She don't fucking like Allie. So if you leave your kid with Yolanda, anytime you on her bad side, she's going to tell you she ain't watching a fucking kid. And then what you going to do? No, daycare. Daycare is the place to go. You know, grandma's saying, well, you know, they have cameras in daycare. You know, it's like, you didn't trust no, you didn't trust no daycares or blah, blah, blah. She, and grandma, I feel like grandma's saying, well, but I'm also not watching no fucking kids. So go ahead and sign up at the daycare. <laughs> I bitch, I got to work. I mean, there was probably, you know, they mentioned that Yolanda had her kid. And when she was in high school, I mean, Yolanda could quite possibly be like 31 years old, right? If he's 15, 16, she might be 31 or 32 years old. And grandma might have had her kid in high school. Grandma might be fucking 45, 46 years old. It's about to be a great grandma. It's fucking possible. And so, like, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like, Grandma is 46. She's still working. She's still working. She can't. She probably got a good job at the cable company or the water company. And she ain't losing her fucking job. She got this nice house and ain't no drama over here. She ain't losing. All, she she been through her shit. I can tell. Like, look, just looking at her from my experience in my own home and my family members and stuff like that. And my, you know, my cousins and my aunts. Like, I see this coming already. Grandma is young as fuck. And she's got a, a fine life. You know, a better life than she's more stable than she's ever had. And she not, she not, she not doing all this. So that's why grandma was like, yeah, daycare's good now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they also bring up about whether Allie's dad, like, they're talking about Allie's dad putting her out. And Allie wants to be like, no, he didn't put me out. It wasn't like that. Yes, he did put you out, Allie. You already told us that. He did put you out. And she doesn't like hearing that. She's probably heard it a lot. It's hurtful first of all it reminds her i mean i know she said it casually before but it's always hard when your parents just kind of fucking throw you away 
I can't, regardless of how like cool she is with it, I can't imagine, even if she like converts up to anger, which is understandable, anger is easier to feel than vulnerability and abandonment. It's easy to be like, fuck that dude, he ain't shit. He ain't, you know what I'm saying? Deep inside, you feel that shit, you know? And your dad, who, even if you had problems with him, you believe loved you in your own, in his own way, heard you was pregnant and said, get the fuck out. That's not easy for anybody. And so she already doesn't feel great about it. They talk shit about her dad and it's an instinct to defend your dad. Like people don't get this. And when they're in like co-parenting relationships and shit, Pete, no matter how bad your fucking parents are, you do not want somebody constantly remind you your your mom or your dad ain't shit. Don't nobody want to fucking hear that. It's hurtful. It's either hurtful because you believe they are shit and you believe they're getting a bad rep, or it's hurtful because you don't you want to know why they ain't shit. Why couldn't they try to be shit for you? I'm. This is why I don't talk about my kids' bio parents in any way. And if my kids talk negatively about their bio parents, I always remind them they did what they could. They loved you the best they could. They did what they could. They just couldn't do what they needed to do. That's it. And that's the fucking truth. No, at no point me walking around here bringing up details in their files that I don't even necessarily think they all know. Even Bunny, who's very like privy to her case and all the stuff. I mean, she's the main witness on all the shit. Like if I were to read her file to her, she might even remember the incidents. I'd be like, yeah, and that time, and then so-and-so had a gun. And then blah, blah, blah. Like she might remember all that stuff. But... And suppose it's all true. Like, I don't believe everything I read in a CPS file. I'm just keeping it real with you. One, because people change stories all the time. A lot of the shit is based on what kids say. And I'm not saying I don't believe the kids, but I'm just saying that, like, there are many sides to what this fucking happened. But even if I believe it, I still don't think it's right to be walking around and be like, and then this, and you know, they didn't do this, and they didn't do that. Like, that's, what. what is the purpose of that? I don't care if the kids are super angry at their parents. It's hurtful to hear that type of stuff. It just is. And so Allie starts fucking crying because Yolanda's like, yeah, we take, we wouldn't do no shit like that. We take care of our own. And, uh, he don't do shit for you. Your mom don't do shit for you. And grandma is kind of agreeing. And once again, Allie, it will behoove you to remember grandma might like you. Grandma might want to help, but that's grandma's kid over there. And so if it comes between the two of you, she's been, she, she's been, um, an opioid, an opioid addict for 10 fucking years and they got a lot of shit between them and a lot of things grandma don't like about them, but she's still at her house today, isn't she? Right? Okay. Okay. That's all you fucking need to know. Don't be complaining about Yolanda to grandma. Um, I would just talk about the things that like personal things like about the baby and about I wouldn't I I wouldn't even complain to grandma about Joey because that's her grandson and you ain't so that's that's how it goes um in the end she's not gonna put out Joey and keep you or she might but that's don't count on it so you know she starts crying because <laughs> she's not feeling you know and they're, they're basically saying her dad drew her out like trash. And whether that's true or not, it's fucking sad. And uh, Joey's younger brother, I think, starts hugging her. And that's kind of, oh. 
Um, but Allie does talk to her mom regularly on the phone. She's she's worried because she wants her mom to be there when she gives birth. I think I think that's reasonable. She's young. She's 16. She's close to her mom, even though I got questions. Where the fuck was your mom living? Like, was there a relative that could have taken you for two months? Like, what? why is it that you ended up in Texas? What is the thing? And I'm sure it might be reasonable, but I want more information. Um, I mean, she wants her mom there, but her mom's not like... Her mom does not has no desire to come to Texas. She only wants to see Allie. And she's just, the timing. We got to figure out the timing. Babies come when the fuck they want to. But I do think it's nice that the way it's set up, she only has one semester of high school after the baby's born. That's good. That's really good because um, high school and babies are hard. So let's talk about the room they're in at this point. There is a big bed in there, probably a queen with a headboard against the window. I hate that. I need fucking light. I want my windows completely unobstructed. One, it's a fire hazard. And two, I want fucking light wherever I go. First thing I do when I wake up is after the kids are gone because that takes precedent. I open up all the fucking windows. Not the windows, the blinds. I, I need some fucking light. My husband hates it because he wants to be asleep. I want to be like, get up so I can turn on, so I can open all the windows. Even in the bedroom. He's like, you're not going to be in the bedroom. I said, but I want the light to be in the bedroom. It's rude. Leave it closed. <laughs> I'd be pissed if he tried to do some shit like that to me. So that's it. The mattress does not have, it seems like there's a, seems like there's a sheet, but it's not a fitted sheet. So I can see the bare mattress and you guys all know, say it with me, squatters. That's what I think when I see a bare mattress, can't live like that. And then there's a very large picture of Jesus in there. Hmm. Okay. And I'm just imagining they're like fucking, right? <laughs> they're obviously fucking. Uh, she's not super, super pregnant where, you know, some people don't want to have sex at all, but she's not super pregnant where she's like, where she's like, no, don't touch me. You know, I think they're still like at the stage where like, oh, wow, we're spending the night together. I think they're still, it's still exciting maybe. And I'm assuming they're having sex. Do they turn a picture of Jesus around? It's not that I don't, it's not that I would like. You guys know, I'm not actually religious. I'm just black. And that's why I talk about Jesus like that all the time. Because culturally, that's what we do. Even if we're not super, we can be like atheists, but we'll still talk like that. You know, the Lord isn't done with me yet. What Lord? <laughs> so, so, so like, I don't, it's not that I'm like so reverent. There's a depiction of white Jesus right there. It's not that I'm like that, but I'm just like, a lot of times in those pictures, the eyes follow you. You guys may not know this, but old black people generally have pictures of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and probably Obama <laughs> in their homes. They absolutely fucking, if you go to an old black person's, a lot of times they will have a picture of Martin Luther King framed like that motherfucker was their cousin. Absolutely. And I used to hang out with this girl who I really adored. I think she, I honestly think she was my first girl crush but you know young girls like we love other girls in a way in an Anne of Green Gables way we're way Anne love Diana that very could be it could be a lot of things but if I could pinpoint she's probably the first girl I was ever like in love with when I was young I would go over her house and stuff and I would have to use the restroom and her mother had these huge pictures of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in the guest bathroom. And I hated going in there because he 
they would watch me pee. And if you kind of move to the left, their eyes follow you. Move to the right, their eyes follow you. <laughs> and so I'm just thinking about that. I ended up peeing in the bushes once and her mom didn't like it. I was the bad kid. I taught her how to steal cookies. <laughs> I taught her how you could pee outside. I like all kinds of shit. I didn't have any supervision. And I just knew a lot of shit. It's, and she was just like, she had beautiful hair. And she was just so sweet. And she was always dressed very feminine. And like, I would like... I'd be in like whatever I pulled out of the laundry that day because my mom had already been at work and I, I like, always had like some fucking plans that we need to like leave alone and shit. I was always like, let's do this. And she'd be like, my mom wouldn't like it. I was like, is your mom here? <laughs> like, I really, and that, they didn't like me at all. But, um, and also I, I can't believe I peed in the bushes outside her house. Anyway, so <laughs> to get away from Malcolm X, Malcolm X. Anyway, I'm just thinking about how that Jesus picture, I'm like, do the eyes follow you? Like, what? <laughs> anyway, so they're in this room. Um, and I just, they're going to a school dance and they're getting ready. It's their first dance together. Of course, it is. You only know each other for like eight months at this point. And um, I want to point out that Joey's wearing a Bucky shirt. Shout out to Bucky's. Somebody on Twitter, I forget your name. I don't be looking at people's names. I just kind of recognize your avatar and I go from there. I don't know what people's names are on Twitter. But somebody on Twitter told me they live on the outskirts of Houston. And there's a Bucky's, like a newish Bucky's that's like in the way out suburbs. Because Bucky's are normally like between on highways, like, you know, uh, you're going somewhere to get to them. But it's on the way outskirts of like the Houston suburbs or whatever. And that she can go to Bucky's whenever she wants. And I am jealous. I would love a brisket sandwich from, from a brisket sandwich from Bucky's whenever I fuck I want it. I would love that shit. Um, you know, she they're you know, they're getting they're very excited, you know, they're children. That's why they're excited. And she's wearing a black tank top and a cheetah girl skirt. It's you know, they dance. I don't think MTV was allowed at their at their high school, but um the lights were up too. I was like, Y'all not gonna turn out these lights? What's that high school dances with these bright ass lights and shit? Y'all supposed to not be able to see everything. <laughs> uh, I think someone took a um a video like a um a uh, a handheld video of them and gave it to MTV. It's it's very short, so you can't really tell how bad it is yet. They also have to go to the doctor. These are gonna drive, so they have to ride a bus a long way, and then they'll have a long walk. I'm tired just thinking about that shit. And they talk about how cool it would be if she went to labor at school. Nope. <laughs> no way. <laughs> she thinks it would be cool because everyone would be talking about it. I'm like, ugh. I don't know, man. <laughs> at the doctor, they talk about boring labor stuff. But she tells the doctor, she's asking a doctor about how many people could be in labor. And she's like, I don't want his mom there. And I'm like, he's just standing there. Listen, he's like 15 and definitely not a man. And like, this will come up more often. He's not grown. He's, he's, he's a child. He's a literal fucking child. A 15-year-old boy is is probably the maturity equivalent of an 11-year-old girl. Like, 15-year-old boys don't know what the fuck they're doing. But if she were in a grown-up relationship, this would be inappropriate. She, If she were in a grown-up relationship, you would tell your boyfriend or partner or whatever you'd say, you know, in the, in the delivery room, I just want no drama, which I can understand. That's reasonable, right? And I don't want your mom in there because she doesn't like me. She doesn't want me around. So I just, if my mom makes it, I want her to come and then you. And that's all I want in the delivery room, please. Okay. 
And then it would be up to him to express that. If his mom was like, I want to be in the living room, we'd be like, you know, we're trying to keep it low key. You know, this is my first baby. Like, that's up to him to find a way to tell her. Now, not all men are good at that. They'd be like, she don't want you in there. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> but if if this was my relationship, I would be I would not be like, I just, we, she'd have to do it. That's not my mama. You tell her. And quite frankly, unless you're very close to your mother-in-law or your partner's mother, I don't, I don't know if the expectation, do they expect to be up in there? I don't know. I feel like that's too much. When my sister and my mom's first grandchild, I was back from college. I was at home for a couple of months and she knocked on my door and was like, Lisa's having the baby. It was the middle of the night. She and don't wake me up, guys. I need my sleep. Lisa's having a baby. I was like, Am I having a baby? And she goes, No. I said, Then what the fuck are you waking me up for, man? <laughs> Lisa, go with Lisa. And then I was like, Then when I went back to sleep, when I woke up early, I was like, I can't believe my mother went to the fucking hospital. That seems rude. <laughs> when she, I guess they're close, whatever. My mom was in the room and her mom was in the room. And I was like, mm, mm, Never again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, they, she, she doesn't want her in there. I never talk about it with Yolanda ever. If Yolanda brought it to me, I'd be like, hmm. I, I would never, like, what's, what kind of, that, I just feel like that's not a thing to have a fight about because Yolanda has no right to it. You know what I mean? Like, you decide who you want to be there. Having a baby is, like, fucking stressful enough. You don't want people you hate in there with you. Imagine if somebody off of one of my enemies lists was in there. Ugh. So they go shopping for the baby and they say it's because Allie's mom sent her a check. I don't believe in that. I believe this is part of 16 and pregnant. You have to go shopping for baby clothes. And I don't believe they're going to buy anything in there either. They don't. I think they spent $10. And the point is for them to walk around here and go, this is expensive. This is expensive. Oh, that costs that. Blah, blah, blah. And they want to watch you get sticker shock in there so that they can show the lesson to the to the watchers that it costs too much to have shit up to get baby shit. Um, it's also why they're in a in a small baby boutique of some sort always, and not in Target or Walmart where most of these bitches go to get the shit. You know what I mean? If the if if the new season was anywhere near to real life, they would show the girl scrolling Amazon. They would show the girl scrolling Instagram and getting served baby ads because the Instagram knows that they're pregnant and clicking on it and being like, oh, that's $200? Oh, shit, I don't really want... That's what they would show, but they don't. They t- they make they go find someplace they can film and make them walk around the store. You know, but the point is this. They can't afford anything in there and they are broke. So Allie and Joey are going to stay at Grandma's for a couple of days because... I guess Ma, like Yolanda's mad at them and wants them to stay there just for a couple of days. That's fine because they probably want to go. But it, you can, there's tension. You, everyone's upset. You can tell everyone's upset with each other when they walk in there. Everybody's got a bit of an attitude. So Yolanda's trying to pretend like she did. Like she's just doing a lot of talking. She's one of those people that when she in a fight with somebody, she just walk around and be like, mm, got me some gum today. You know what I'm saying? Just like, like girl, they don't want to talk to you. So they get there and she's over here like, uh, Grandma doesn't have tea. Grandma always has tea and she's drinking and while they're sitting there, uh, Yolanda's on the phone. Yolanda asks Allie to hand her a banana. Allie is sitting on this bar stool that she's twirling back and forth. 
from tension. She's doing that because she they're in it. They're like we can't see it, but there's the underlying tension in this fucking room. So Allie, instead of like getting up and handing the banana to Yolanda, Yolanda Allie throws the uh banana at the little brother on the couch and says, Here, give this to your mom. It hits the couch, the little brother gets the banana and hands it to his mom. And Yolanda is like you ain't have to throw that at him. You ain't have to throw that. This like this is the beginning of World War 35, guys. They go back and forth about whether she hit the boy with the banana. And Allie says, I she hit the couch. And Yolanda is that you didn't have to throw it. And then at the end of that, Yolanda says Allie's annoying. And Allie says that Yolanda is too. And then Yolanda tells Allie to go back and live. If she's so annoying, go back and live at your mama and daddy's house. And then Allie says that mom, Allie says, Yolanda, to Yolanda, she says, you said we can stay here. You're not even taking care of us. So a couple things right off the bat. Obviously, Allie's a child, right? She's 16. She's a child. She's a minor. She's a child. But Allie, she don't have to fucking take care of you. (laughs) That's not even your mom. She don't have to take care of you. She don't. And you know that because your dad's not taking care of you. Two, I don't think Yolanda's capable of taking care of them. And any, I don't think Yolanda's been taking care of Joey. I don't think she's capable of taking care of you who's not her child and is pregnant with another child. And three, no amount of arguing is going to change that. Like I would not have even, I have a temper. So sometimes I say some shit I don't need to be saying. But if I were in my right mind and calm and like, thinking about the situation, I was like, I'm not fucking having this argument. Like, none of that's going to change anything. She doesn't have to fucking take care of me. It doesn't care no matter what she said. People lie all the time. And so, while eating the banana, because she's eating the banana at this point, Yolanda tells Allie she doesn't give a fuck about her and that she can get out. Then she stands up, I guess, to put Allie out of Grandma's house, because they're not at Yolanda's house. And that's when Joey, who hasn't been saying shit, but he's sitting in between Yolanda. He's sitting on the couch next to Allie and across from Yolanda. He finally stands up and says, stop. Because Yolanda gets up like she's going to come over there and do something. And he stops. He kind of pushes her. It basically he keeps her from going over, I guess, to fight a pregnant teenager. And that's when they start fighting. Mom, like Yolanda starts screaming at him and saying, Nobody wants Allie. She also says that uh, Joey popped her in the mouth. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think that's true. I Did he push his hand out to her? No, he didn't like, he pushed her, but it was to keep her from going over there. He didn't like backhand her and pop her in the fucking mouth. Um, and she's saying that Allie is bullshit and that, yeah, I'm on drugs, but but your parents don't do shit for you. And they ain't even on drugs, so what's their excuse? <laughs> Listen. Yolanda made a point there. <laughs> she also told some lies, but she also, a point was made. Okay? Um, I'm still not on Yolanda's side. I'm not even on Allie's side, but I'm like, y'all, y'all gonna find Grandma's house? Grandma's working very hard at the fucking electric, at the electric company, answering phones or working in the office or whatever the fuck she do over there. Dispatch, I don't know. But she over there working very hard to keep people's lights on. And she letting the, the kids come stay there. And she, y'all, done, y'all done ate up her bananas. She already don't have no sweet tea. And now y'all gonna fight in her in her house? You know, I'm on grandma's side. That's who side I'm on. So, <laughs> you know, 
Joey tells Yolanda to get out of his grandma's house and that she doesn't do shit either. And that they should call the police at her for charging at a pregnant girl. And Yolanda says, yeah, I'm a drug addict. I struggle for you and I've done a lot for you. You're going to turn your back on me for that bitch? And she's, still, she's on the phone. But at this point, she's on the phone with grandma. And the little brother is holding his ears. and he's But he's also looking bored. Like, he been through this shit. These people yell sometimes. It is what it is. In fact, as far as I know, grandma is over at, I don't know, Spectrum? Is over at Spectrum, leaning on the phone, typing in her Excel sheet, and, and also looking bored. Because she's like, this shit happened every fucking day. So during this entire time, though, I want, Allie is on that bar stool, swinging back and forth. In fact, if Joey had not stood up and prevented Yolanda from getting to her, I believe Yolanda would have popped her. She, Because she'd still be swinging. Just a twirling and swinging in that thing, like back and forth. And listen, Allie, I know you're young, but if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You should never. <laughs> Again, me talking about fighting. I'm not a fighter, guys. But you're never going to run up on me and my hands be at my side. And it felt like Yolanda would have got there and been able to hit her without even Allie being able to put her arms up to like push her away or something like that. Don't let nobody run up on you and hit you, Allie. So Yolanda tells him that she wants Allie to abort the baby. I was like, I don't think she, I think she's at like 26 weeks. I don't know if she can. But, um, then she wants that bitch out of the house. And then she puts on her sunglasses that she looks like she got them at the bargain bin at Walmart. But she likes them. She finishes her banana, gathers the kids she isn't screaming out, screaming at, and leaves. <laughs> And as soon as she leaves, Allie stops being a mannequin. You guys remember today's special? Do you know what the fuck I'm talking about today's special? Can you remember? Allie was looking like somebody put on Jeff's hat. <laughs> and said, hocus pocus, alamacocus, or whatever the fuck they used to say. And now she's not a mannequin anymore. Now she's talking. She's moving. <laughs> I'm not going to. Y'all look up today's special, okay? <laughs> Anyway, she's moving because Yolanda leaves and she's back to being a real girl. And she starts talking to, to Joey and asks if he hit Yolanda. He says no. She says basically that Yolanda's a bitch. What was all this 10 minutes ago, girl? And, you know, they both of them start crying. Both of them start crying. And then MTV plays a song over this where the lyrics are, we don't have no place to go. Mm. Shout out to MTV editors. <laughs> later they seem back at, okay, so later I'm there, later Allie is calling her mom and her mom's pissed about it, which anybody would be. And her mom is saying, bring your ass back to New Jersey. And Allie's like, I can't just leave. And both me and Allie's mom are like, yeah, bitch, the fuck you can. What you talking about? You can't leave. And Allie's mom is like, if this happens again, I'm bringing you back. And she's giving out more chances than I would, to be honest. I would have. I think I would have brought Allie back when she got pregnant. She's like, I only got one more semester. Okay, we'll, we'll figure something out. But you can't stay there. Um, Allie tells us she doesn't want to have her baby to grow up. She wants her she wants her baby to grow up both parents. And I hate to tell you, Allie, but this is an unrealistic goal when you get pregnant at 16 by someone you've known for two months. It is. You, it's, the story is already written, sweetie. It's It's done. And you trying to you trying to prevent some shit that's art that's inevitable. So grandma shows up eventually and says, um, I guess I should let you stay here. 
But she says they can only stay for a year, but it's relief for them. I was like, a year? That's a fucking long time, but okay. And so I think they record this out of order because, all right, when they are calling Allie's mom, they're in that room with the Jesus picture in it. So I think what happens is that, because they could, well, that doesn't make sense that they would drive back to Yolanda's house and make that call. So I think that they recorded that um, dance thing out of order and just put it there where there was a lull in the story. Um, so that dance happened after a fight. So a week later, they go get the stuff from Yolanda's and some of, uh, Joey's family helps. They gave her time to calm down, right? But they, when they got there, grandma was already in the house talking to Yolanda, talking to Yolanda all soft and trying to mediate because that's her kid, guys. I just don't think you're going to get on the other side of that. They've been at this a long time. Yolanda had her kid in high school too. Her mom kept her home, like helped her raise, like, I just don't think you're going to get out of this. Um, so Yolanda's standing outside to make sure Allie didn't come in the house. It was actually pretty petty how she, she's on the phone. Who the fuck she talking to? I don't know. She, she might be like Paris Hilton. She might just have the phone up <laughs> and just be like pretending. Um, but she gets relative. She, she kind of puts her hand on the back of one of the guys, the hand on the back of the other to guide them in the house. She almost pushes Joey into the house, then goes in the house and closes the door while Allison is outside. I was like, I mean, while Allie's outside, I'm like, okay. She said, you can't come in, Allie. <laughs> Just stay out there. Petty. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what happened, but Joey comes out and some stuff is broken. I think he's telling Allie that and she gets really upset. She yells at him and then... Like, like, just just get the shit and go. I think Allie's really upset that she's not even allowed to go in the house. I don't know why Allie is... Allie should be at home, to be honest. I wouldn't have brought Allie there. Because why? So y'all can fight some more? Why? And Yolanda might actually get to your ass this time. No, I'm not gonna... If I were Joey, I'd be like, no, stay home. Because she's gonna fight with you. And if she actually beats you, I don't know what the fuck. Like, you're pregnant. So, but she's yelling at um, Joey, and then Yolanda runs out and says, you can take that attitude outside. And Allie's like, I'm already outside. <laughs> Nothing a kid likes more than to tell you they already, when you, this is very Kevin from Home Alone. You need to go upstairs. I'm already upstairs. <laughs> they, lo- they love to catch you like that. So I guess Allie calls her a pill-popping addict, and Yolanda says that she never threw her parents in Allie's face, which is, Yolanda, you high right now? Because I think I just watched... Like, 20 minutes of you actually doing that? Yolanda yells that she took her in and showed her how to apply for Medicaid when nobody wanted her. She's like, you want to be buddy-buddy with my mother after she didn't want you either? (laughs) You tore my son away from me. We were like this. And she puts her fingers up together. And then Allie was like, you never have to see me again. She's like, and I'm going to sleep good at night, Allison. I'm going to sleep good. Yolanda, like, don't fight with Yolanda. (laughs) This ain't Yolanda's first fight either. Like, this is, okay. So after getting out of the after getting the stuff and getting home, it's less stressful for the for the couple, and that's good. The two of them are trying to figure out how to sleep with a baby in the bed, so they have a teddy bear in the bed with them. That's a little bed. I, you know, I watched a TikTok video maybe where a woman not on TikTok, okay, but on Twitter or someplace else, I don't know, um, where it just it was just a video of, overhead of a bed of a woman and a man her partner has i'm assuming why is he in the bed with her if he's not and their baby assuming their baby and just what a baby does at night and this baby woke up a fucking billion times 
was just leaning over there, lifting the mama's shirt, nursing when the fuck it felt like it, rolling back over, rolling back over here, grabbing the mama bonnet off her head, jumping. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, there's a reason I don't have babies. <laughs> that fucking baby was doing the most. Um, <laughs> I just was like, <laughs> and he didn't wait, really, the father didn't wake up. And yeah, you know why he didn't? Because he don't have to. And, I mean, this was all night. It stopped when another child showed up in the morning. <laughs> she was rocking that baby back to sleep, putting the titty in his mouth, rocking him back to sleep, rolling over, baby rolled over top of her. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but, okay, I guess y'all gonna try to do it that way. It's fine. Um, we also get a scene of them trying to diaper a cat, but that was obviously back in Yolanda's house because the walls are, like, a nightmare red. Like, I mean, a red wall can be chic, but these, this was not. Um, continuity, MTV, continuity. So then we get Allie going trick-or-treating pregnant. Now listen, I'm no Halloween Karen, okay? And that's I'll tell you what a Halloween Karen is. It's that person that writes in every year to the advice columns asking, how do I keep poor kids from trick-or-treating in my neighborhood? I only bought candy for, the her, for our neighborhood children, not those poor children. Mm, why don't they go trick-or-treat in the ghetto where they belong? That type of shit. I don't do this shit like that. I buy as much candy as I can afford to give out and I would like to give out. And then when it's gone, it's gone. It's door-to-door begging anyway. It doesn't really matter who comes to the door. I don't check IDs. I'm not like, you too old. In fact, a lot of times I'm, I'm taking kids trick-or-treating. So I just leave a, a, a big bowl of candy at the end of my driveway. Take what you want. If you take the whole fucking thing that's gone, then fuck it, it's gone. I don't know what to tell you. It's gone. So, so I just want you to know, I'm not one of those people's like, well, we, no, that's not, you need to, that's not, I don't really care. But I'm going to tell you this. I do believe that when you are pregnant, the Halloween trick-or-treating is over. The jig is up, bitch. You are done trick-or-treating. I'm not one of those people that's like, you're a teenager. I mean, I don't love it when teenagers come to the door, but. I don't care. I give him fucking candy. And I would have given Allie candy too. But I would have been like, that's for the baby, not you. The baby's trick-or-treating, not you. <laughs> you don't chew it too good because that's really for the baby, okay? I just... I'm sorry. I just believe that once you are pregnant, your trick-or-treating days are over. I will even... I like it even better when the baby is trick-or-treating. When there's a baby, like a literally a two-day-old baby. In a stroller. And the mom's like, hold on. I'm like, girl, this baby ain't gonna eat this. Here, take it. I don't deny anybody candy. I don't want you guys to think that I ever do anything like that. I would never. Whoever shows up, you get the fucking candy. I don't care. But I would be like, mm, Allie, I know that you paid your belly a pumpkin, but, um, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Um, a couple of weeks after they move out, out, Yolanda calls them to apologize and they meet up and she tells them that she's going to rehab. Uh, like I said, she's been opiates for 10 years. She's going to be gone for 35 days, five of which are going to be detox and then 30 is going to be rehab. She wants to be clean and sober for them and the baby. Joey's dubious as he should be. I mean, he's 15. His mom's been on opiates since he was five, six years old. He's been through a lot. Um, I think everybody's dubious for things like that. And I mean, it... You know, I, it's like when you and your fat friends tell each other on New Year's Day, um, we're going to lose weight. 
we don't lose weight this year. You and and then you say, okay, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage you, but we'll see. That's how I feel about Yolanda going to rehab. So when she's gone, they say they have to clean up, set up, decorate. Did they move back in Yolanda's house? Were they already gonna have to do that anyway? I don't know. So at 39 weeks, they haven't heard from Yolanda, and they're ready to have the baby. She's tired, Allie. She's tired. She's very pregnant. Her pants don't button no more. She's not wearing maternity clothes. Of course not. She's a fucking teenager. I've never seen a 16 and pregnant where they actually went and bought fucking maternity wear. They're like, no, my jeans are going to fit right after this. And maybe they fucking will. You're a fucking teenager. Um, they're planning for her to induce labor after school, like around her school schedule. So she's going to go out on, on a Thursday at 9 p.m. and just stay till she has the baby. And I didn't know that they called you into a deuce at night. That's interesting. But okay. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm not saying that I think it's fake. I'm just saying that, like, I'd be shocked to be like, show up at 9 p.m. Okay. She calls her mother, and her mother is quick. I mean, she's at 39 weeks, so it's not quick. She's about to have a fucking baby. I... Like, it's 40 weeks. It's 39 weeks. It's 39 weeks. It's about 40 weeks. So I think it is 39 weeks it's supposed to go. But, I mean, you can go with 37. You can go with 38. You can go with 41. Some people go with 43. Like, it, the baby comes when the fuck the baby wants to come. Okay? You, you don't control babies. They come when the fuck they want. And so, so, but at 39 weeks, we knew she was going to be having the baby soon. But her mom can't come. It's because of her job. And... I'm assuming that she's, it's just, Halloween just happened, so I'm assuming she's in early November, maybe? Yeah? And maybe mid-November? And her mom's on the phone saying she won't be there till the second week of January or so. I hate that for Allie. She, she's really, like, hoping to have her mom with her. Um, yeah, but it's just not possible. Um, two days from being induced and Yolanda's back from rehab and they're talking about how great it is for everyone to get along now. And they're like, well, everything's wonderful from now on. L O L. <laughs> you know, um, it seems like this is Yolanda's first attempt at rehab. Some people, plenty of people, first time is a charm and they don't need to go no more. But lots of people have multiple stays of rehabs. It's, it's, it's one of those things that like... Like I always say, you could be 30 years in, you could be you be 30 years sober, anything can happen. It really could. There's no like time limit on anything can fucking happen. It just could. Anything could not happen too, but I'm just saying, so when they're just sitting at the table like, and now everything's fine. I'm like, mm-hmm, sure. So they go in to have the baby and everyone's guessing when it will happen. Um, who's going to be in the room? It's going to be Joey, Grandma, and Yolanda. And mom, Lauren, her name is, his mom named Lauren, is texting. And they give her Pitocin and I don't really care. I mean, okay, they're inducing you. Um, I just looked over at Joey, knocked the fuck out on the hospital floor behind her. I'm like, Joey, wake the fuck up. A baby's happening. Listen, a, a baby, it takes a long time. Not, it doesn't have to take a long time. It could, you can go in there and push an hour and the fucking bitch will be out. <laughs> but sometimes it takes a long time and it's a process. And so like... Do I expect men not to, like, your partners, I don't even want to say men. Do I expect partners not to um, eat, drink, sleep during this time period just because uh, the person giving birth isn't? No. I mean, I don't think it's it's great to just be sitting there and be like, 
he's not allowed to ever go to sleep again until Allie gives birth. But optics, man. Somebody comes in that room, you need to wake up. You need to, don't just, don't just be dead on the floor. Uh, Yolanda yells at him about it. She's like, I shouldn't have to wake you up because y'all's the one having the baby. <laughs> She's right. Yolanda and I are now agreeing. Um, Allison's in a lot of pain. She's crying and shit. They're all just sitting there looking at her. I swear to God that if I was ever to give birth, y'all would have to get the fuck out. I cannot... You're not going to watch me like it's fucking HBO Max. You're not just going to stare at me while I'm over here in a lot of fucking pain. And what the fuck can you do? you just sitting there with a the blanket on, just looking at me, whimpering and shit, and in pain. I I would not want anyone. I'm not, I don't like people around me when I'm sick. I don't like people around me when I'm hurt. I don't like people around me when I'm in emotional turmoil. I don't like that shit. And I can tell you right now that I would be in there being like, y'all got to fucking go. I don't want these people in here. Y'all go home. Fat. Joey, go get a job before this baby gets here. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll call you guys when I'm pushing. And then I would never call them because I wouldn't want, that's another place I wouldn't want you to be. So I would just like to be alone. And I'm saying that now because that's, I just know how I am. I know how I am when I've been hospitalized. I don't want anybody with me. And then probably if that was to happen, they, uh, I'd be like, where did everyone go? I actually had a dream. Me and my husband had a dream the exact same night that I was pregnant. And in his dream, he was like, and how the fuck did this happen? And in my dream, I had to get on this podcast and I was like, so I'm pregnant. I'm sure you have a lot of questions. Me too, motherfucker. <laughs> Whatever you thinking, that's what I'm thinking. Because I am also shocked and I also don't know what's going what's to happen next. Your guess is good as mine. I don't fucking know. Like, I, I, the dream, I was like, I was very pregnant and everyone kept being like, oh, what are you going to, I, I have no thoughts. I, my brain is blank right now. I would like to hire the psychic detective agency to find out what the fuck happened. Like, I was very, and people were really uncomfortable around me because, because they'd be like, so did you come up with a name? I was like, first I want to come up with a timeline of what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Anyway, so it's 8 a.m. before she can even push. She's been there 11 hours. The doctors tell uh, Joey about cutting the umbilical cord. <laughs> the baby isn't out yet, but they're like, when the baby comes out, they're like explaining to him that I that you get to cut the umbilical cord. And he's standing there. He's a little, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Where do I cut it at? And I would be I'm like, you got to tell me. Don't just be talking about cut. Where? 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 <laughs> And, you know, you know, the doctor's nice about it. Um, she's prepping for what happens. They think he's about to pass out. And the next thing you know, she's pushing. And he's staring. He's all peeking all around. That'd be a no. Don't go down there and look at me. If I can't see it, you can't either. And I also don't want a mirror. No, thank you. And here comes the baby, Aiden, with too many ends. And Lauren, the mom, texts, get him circumcised. OMG. <laughs> We get to see the nurse coming in and show them how to change a diaper. And like, not the mechanics, but like, where do you wipe or do you pat? Or like, these are things I know people make fun of, but like, not everybody fucking knows that shit. I mean, I am a reader and I'm someone who likes to improve myself. So, so I would definitely have read 60 books before we got there. But I mean, I think it's nice that the nurse comes in there and like, answers some questions. Like, Allie's asking questions about bathing and like, not everybody knows you don't just fill up a fucking bathtub and throw a baby in there. Not everybody fucking knows that. Or that you shouldn't bathe a baby every day. Um, those young babies, like, their skin is like, you can't just be 
bathing them every five minutes. You really, like, um, I was listening to this podcast and the mom was talking about, like, when her babies were young, young, like, newborns, she might bathe them once a week. Tops. Because, I don't know if I can go that long. I've actually been looking up, because, you know, what if I don't get a new house? What if that doesn't happen? And I've been looking up ways I could, like, make this house work for me long term. And so I was like, let me see what large families do if they don't have, they have less than the ideal number of bathrooms. And I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, they stop bathing. That's what all these like mom blogs and like mormy mom and mom blogs, most of them are like religious mom blogs because that's who has a bunch of fucking kids. And they were like, yeah, um, girls bathe on Tuesdays, boys bathe on Wednesdays, Thursdays as needed. (laughs) I take two showers a week. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh no, I got to be clean. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not willing to give a bathing. No, got to get a new house because <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, they did have some good tips. Like one, like, pe- like in my home, all the way I was raised, the way all black people I know do it. Again, I don't know all black people in the world. I don't speak for everybody. Is that we take showers at night. I don't know any black people who take showers in the morning. Like like maybe on a wild like hair like you it just works out that way but for the most part you bathe before you get in your bed and this is why your bed is not dirty if you get in your bed if you get in your bed before if you get in your bed without bathing your bed is always from the moment you get in there before bathing it's not dirty so i don't know do you change your sheets once a week okay then it's then it's clean when you put the towel when you put the sheets down and then the first night you get in there it's dirty that's that's just the way I was raised and the way most black people I know do it, okay? Um, and so, like, I'm just used to doing all bathing at night unless something comes up. But, like, a lot of, they had some suggestions that, like, you know, you will divide your kids and half will bathe in the morning, half or half will take a shower in the morning, half put a timer. We already do a timer now because I just don't want them in all, all fucking day. What about my water bill? Um, in the morning, half at night, and you do that based on activity and stuff. So, like, if one is in soccer, you want him to bathe at night, right? You don't want him to bathe in the morning. So, blah, blah, blah. They, so they just talk about it that way. And I was like, okay, that is a good tip. But the rest of this, just stop bathing so much. Mm, sorry. not We got to be clean up with this motherfucker. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they, they tell, I'm glad that the, someone comes in and, like, answers questions and stuff. And, like, you know... Uh, and that they took advantage of it. And so they get home, we get scenes of them fumbling. Basically just fumbling with the baby. But honestly, like, I feel like everybody's like that. Even if you've, unless you've already had a baby that it's tentative, that at first you're a little tentative with it. And you're like, I don't know, am I hurting him by wiping him like this? Like, I feel, but honestly, a month in, you've changed so many fucking diapers and gone to bed so many times. There is a getting the hang of it, you know? It's those first couple of weeks that are fucking hard. I mean, being a parent's hard. It's not difficult. It's hard. And, you know, there's a difference between the two. Um, so, yeah, um, Allie's mad at Joey because he said he, quote, unquote, help out, but he falls asleep in the in the middle of the night. I was like, girl, they always say that. He also probably said he was going to pull out, and he didn't. So I, that was a lie, too. By the time Joey goes back to school, he's coming home late, later than she anticipates. He's still at football practice, which I would have cut the fuck out. Unless you, unless you, 
possibly are going to get a scholarship to college or go pro. Football's over for you, bro. That's a, That was a hobby. Your hobby now is this fucking baby. You need to get a job. And if you don't have a job, you need to come home and you need to get this baby. Like, as soon as you walk in the door, let me tell you what Joey, if Joey was doing, if he Joey's was my son, this is how I would advise him. I'd be like, no more football, bro. That's just how it goes, okay? If you want to play football, you shouldn't have got a kid pregnant. Uh, One of your friends, one of your girlfriends pregnant. I'm sorry. So, you got to look for a job on the weekends. You, I will drive you to work because they don't have no fucking cars. I will drive you a couple of places on the bus line. I will take you places. I will wait in the car while you go in and fill out an application. Everything's online. Okay, great. I will drive you around to find the ones that are looking. Sometimes they'll hire you on the fucking spies. They really need you. Sometimes they have a little computer there where you can do it online. Whatever. I will help you with the job. I will sit down with you and go through Craigslist and figure I will do that with you on the weekends. On the weekdays, school gets out at 3.15. Your ass better be here by 3.30. 3.30, you walk in here, you get that fucking baby from her. And you and that baby till about mm, 6 o'clock, you and that baby. Okay? It's you and the baby. Let her go to sleep. Let her leave. Whatever it is. Just be around the fucking baby. You handle the baby. Even if you, even if she's standing there, you handle the baby. At six o'clock, trade that fucking baby back to her. You start your homework. Home, I, I'm sure you can do your homework by eight o'clock. Okay, I'm sure you could. Uh, you do, you do your homework. Then, I don't know. Go to sleep at like tenish. I don't fucking care. But as soon as you walk in the door, get the fucking baby. Just that simple act of. Walking away from her with a baby is going to save you. That's how I would counsel my kids. That's how I would do it. And I tell them that it's not always how much you do, but it's when you do it too. You know, um, but yeah, he's coming home late. He's doing his homework and watching TV. It's bullshit. And she's upset. She's doing everything. Her black friend with the bad hair is listening to her complain about him. I notice, uh, um, Allie has new has new tattoo. It's Aiden's name on her wrist, but it might be a marker because it's real thick. Um, and she is 16. They do draw themselves. So then her mother, Lauren, comes and Yolanda actually drives to pick her up from the airport. And her mom is cute. And she's so happy to see Allie and the baby. I thought they were going to drop the baby in the airport, though they were running towards each other. I, Allie really needed to see her. Um, there is something, something very interesting that happens to you when you have children with your mother not literally have children with your mother something interesting happens with your mother once you have children i don't know it's very interesting i'm, a, I'm people who have a generally good relationship with their mother even people who have a bad relationship with their mother usually try to rekindle at that point it's something it it's like primitive like in your fucking cells that like connects you through this through line it's weird um so you know lauren gets there she's very happy she's very grateful to grandma she interrogates joey he's talking about being a nurse or a lawyer he said it changes every day i want to be a lawyer or a nurse or whatever i wish someone talked to him his you know we like to tell people they can be whatever they want to and the truth is they can if you're willing to if you understand what you're taking on like does he know what it takes to be a lawyer he's not going to be a lawyer he was never going to be a lawyer. So here's the thing. You wasn't going to be a lawyer before you had this baby. You certainly, there's no way you was, you're going to be a lawyer now. Um, and men do have a better, have a better time of, because women are expected to pull the most weight. Um, that first 
especially small, small babies, they don't just come out of you and then separate from you. It is, it's hard to explain. But um, the thing about Joey is we need realistic options, okay? There are some realistic options for him. Being a lawyer is not one of them. I will say, unless you have the utmost support financially and like just someone being there with you and this kid, there is no fucking way. I'll, I'll tell you who had the best support. There's a 16 pregnant. Her name is Isabel. Her, she came from, it looked like a well-to-do family to me. Um, I'm not saying it was rich, rich, but they, they, they were doing fine. They were doing fine. And her mom was a, uh, was a daycare provider. So as soon as she had the baby, she was okay to leave with her mom, right? Who, her mom was a stay-at-home mom and she, and she did daycare out of her home for like small children. And her parents were able to support her financially. Her parents were able to, I think she was very Catholic and it was like, she was very religious or whatever. I think she did finish college for in, in four years and like a very short amount of time. She did go on to get, I believe she became a lawyer. And it's because she had parents that could just be like, I'm going to take the baby tonight. I'm, I'm, I actually don't, I'm, I'm your mother and I actually don't have to go work fucking 50 hours a week at, I don't know, Hardee's or something. So I actually can take your baby at night so that you can study. Actually, you can drop the baby off on Friday and I will keep the baby till Tuesday so that you can go through exams and blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, here's some money. I'm going to buy you a car. I'm going to buy you baby stuff. I Like, they, she just she just had all the resources in the world. And so, yeah, it worked out for me. Obviously, also, she did the work to do it. But, like, Joey doesn't have that type of support. So, financially or in person, the people in his life have to work. They can't take the baby all the time. They do not have extra funds to just give you things. It's just not possible. And so realistically joey needs to work and realistically if there's a trade option and not everybody's going to to college i think we should like i grew up in the 90s black so and back then it was just like go to college go to college go to college if you go to college all your problems we go to college go to college go to college no not everybody needs to go to college and not everybody needs to go to college right away and you know my oldest is um he's very interested in food and he wants to be a chef. All he watches is kids' YouTube videos of people making cakes and stuff. All he does is, like, want to take follow me to the store. And, want, you know, I'm teaching him how to do little things at the at the stove and things. And, and maybe that's going to keep and maybe it's not. But if it does, like, it's no big deal for him. They have a vocational tech school attached to the high school that... We'll do certifications and things, and then maybe he can go to a culinary school. Like, that's a viable option. And I'm not going to sit here and, and and be like, no, you got to be a doctor. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't think that's, I don't, honestly, I don't think this is path. I've seen his grades. <laughs> I just, I just was celebrating. But you understand what I'm saying. It's, I'm, I'm saying, I just don't, I know his personality, and he's just not somebody like that. But yeah, can I see him? cooking fucking 18 hours a day can i see him like making up dishes and stuff can i see him like working his way up through um a restaurant yeah i can see that i can definitely see that about him um i just someone should be talking to 
Joey, because you don't get to just be, I don't know, you don't get to, like, now that you have a kid, a lot of things are done, right? You don't get to just be like, I don't know, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. No, you got to figure it out, and it's got to be something reasonable. Um, Allie says something like she wishes Jay knew how to, Jay, she wishes uh, Joey knew how to be a parent. Well, Allie doesn't know how to be a parent. It's been a month. No, 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 you know how to be a fucking parent. I don't know how to be a parent. Parenting is muddling through things. I get up in here and talk cash money shit, but I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. I still worry about stuff that maybe I shouldn't worry about. I still am asking a lot of questions and reading a lot of books and, and like second guessing myself. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm doing the best I can. And hopefully they'll agree. <laughs> Hopefully they won't they won't be like that was bullshit. But but at like I'm a seasoned parent with not washing go kids, with different types of kids, with I I have a lot of fucking knowledge, a lot of training, and I don't know everything. I just don't. And so Allie being like, I wish you knew how to parent. Well it's been a month. He don't know how to fucking parent. And honestly, Allie needed to do you. <laughs> You the parent, you have to learn it, relearn it, and keep learning. And, and on any given day, you're doing the wrong fucking thing. <laughs> um, Lauren, her mother, takes Allie out to eat and asks her, how's it going? And she says, Allie says she loves Joey. And Lauren's like, do you? <laughs> and the answer is no, even though Allie won't tell us that. And Lauren asks if she would be with Joey right now if it weren't for the baby. And the answer is no, even though Allie won't necessarily say that. Um, Lauren tells her that she doesn't know what's going to happen. Like, she's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And you're still young. And he's very sweet. But I also give it six months. And I believe Lauren is psychic. Lauren leaves. And a couple of weeks later, Allie is back to school. She, I mean, she's just worried about the workload. It's, it's tough having a, being a senior, finishing up, and having a baby and being a parent. And she wants, she keeps saying Joey to quote unquote help. But people in hell want ice water and they don't fucking get it. Um... So they're late to school or first day back because it's harder getting everything ready. She's dropping this kid off at daycare. And she's got to have enough of everything. She's trying to get in the swing of things, but it's hard. She has hours of homework to do. Joey at that practice, he don't need to be yet. And the baby is spitting up. Allie says that before she had the baby, she didn't think it would be mostly her 24-7. And I just want to know, Allie, have you ever seen people with babies? Because for the most part, it is moms, especially young babies. And like, I feel like this sounds like I'm fucking defending um, Joey. I'm not. I'm not. Joey's a fucking idiot. But I just like, Allie, what did you think was going to happen? I don't think he's mature enough to be the partner you need. And I think also that if Joey were... If Joey were working and, I don't know, working in fast food or something, bringing home 200 bucks a week at the most, you know, at, like, he could bring home 200 bucks a week, I think Allie would feel differently. And if he could help at key times, like, if he could be, like, the first thing he comes in to do is washes his hand and get the baby, I think Allie would feel differently if, if on the weekends, at least, he could say, or the nights he's not working, he could say, I'm going to stay up with the baby. Instead of, like... Or if he's up late, or he could say, Allie, go to sleep. Like, Allie's exhausted, right? Allie goes to sleep at, like, fucking 8 o'clock. And so he stays up with the baby till fucking 2 a.m. Were you going to be up playing video games till 2 a.m.? Just fucking stay up till 2 a.m. 
the baby. And then they switch off. Like, there are things he could do that, that could take the, the pressure off of her. But, you know, I don't... I want to have sympathy for her. I actually have more sympathy for her than grandma has because grandma been through this shit. Grandma been through this shit with her own kids and she's been through this w- with her grandkids were born. She's, she's, this ain't her first go around the fucking block. And she tells her, Allie to talk it out with Joey and to make a decision. And so she does enjoy Mr. Being Lazy and she tells him all the stuff he wishes he'd do. She accuses him of wanting his life to be regular. He says he's no, no he doesn't. He doesn't do, have time for anything. In Joey's defense, Joey doesn't think he has time for anything. Like, what was Joey doing before this? He was fucking around. He was at the practice. He was going places with his friends, probably smoking weed. Go, go over so-and-so's house, smoke weed for a little while. Go over here, fuck with that girl for a little while. Um, just hang out with your friends. You know, and even if he's coming straight home to him, he's like, I don't have time to do shit. He doesn't think he's doing it. He's just there. However, what Joey doesn't understand is that Allison ha- doesn't even have time to think. I also think Joey is timid about baby stuff. Uh, one of the things, I do want to do Brianna 16 and pregnant. Because one of the things that, um, this is something I've learned over uh, really over the last year or so. And I have to remind myself this all the time. Is that like, I want people to do things to help me. I want them to do it my way and exactly how I would do it. And you can't get all that. And that sometimes, like, my husband is trying to do something and I'll take it away from him because I want to do it like this. And it's one of the reasons why why Mondays it's all him and I don't fuck with him and I don't do anything and I don't come, I don't do shit. Because if you remove yourself from the situation, things usually get done. The baby's not going to die. I'm reminded of Brianna of... Devoin coming over, like she, he wants to see the baby, and they don't want to want him to take the baby. And I understand why they don't. Like, if somebody came over here and was like, "I need to take your almost eleven year old," I'm like, "No, what for? Don't take him." Like, I understand it's, a, it's Nova's brand new baby, and so what they decide they're gonna sit in the car while he goes in the house, and and, and I guess Nova starts crying. They run back in there, and I think part of it is that. Allie has to be the main character taker. Joey is not versed in the stuff. And so he's not even good at doing it. And he keeps saying he's trying at some point. And, but trying isn't doing. And as Allie becomes more skilled at being a parent, Joey stays flat. And then since he's not working, again, a lot of times, Dad, especially this young, how they contribute is they go to work and bring home money. And so then you, you've got that off your mind, right? So if you have to do this in school, at least he's got to work and do school. At least when he don't, when you don't see him at 10 o'clock at night, you know he was working his shift at Burger King or wherever the fuck he was at. And it's still hard, but you still, you know, you feel like at least he's contributing something. And with Joey just sitting next to you on the couch, watching TV with you, and then when the baby spits up, turning and looking at you, it doesn't feel good. And what I would do if I were Allie is I would get up and leave and let him deal with the baby spitting up and let him deal with the baby crying and let him get as much practice as I'm getting. Um, I don't I don't know if Joey would rise to the occasion. In fact, I pro- he probably wouldn't. But I will want to give him that opportunity. And I reminded, like, when we had that freeze back in February, and, like, in situations like that, I just, like, 
I become like a reptile in winter. I'm just like, I use as little energy as possible. And my husband is energized in the things. And maybe that's the ADD. Maybe I need to stop blaming stuff on his ADD. Yes, I do need to stop blaming stuff on it. Because I don't fucking know if it has to do with anything or not. And me talking about that might make someone think that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I do not. So let's scratch all that. But he, in situations like that, he springs into action. And he was, he was doing things that, I normally do, but he was handling it with, I mean, he was melting fucking snow and making ribs and doing stuff. And I, and I mostly read and like, because I was out of the space and he could move into the space. And, you know, I'm going to get better at this. And I think, I mean, but how do I expect Allie to know that she's fucking 16? She tells him that she can go back to New Jersey. That they can go back to New Jersey. She means her and the baby. That's what he wants. And, you know, it goes from bad to worse. He's sleeping on the couch. They fight a lot. He's sending texts. She's saying things aren't, he's saying things aren't what they used to be. And all they do is fight. Because, listen, like, so a while ago, Allie was like, this is how I thought it was going to be. What did Allie think it was going to be? Allie thought, Allie literally thought it would be like, your turn to have the baby, my turn to have the baby. Your turn to have the baby, my turn to have the baby. But that's not how it usually is. And, even if you can do that, a lot of, t- even if the other person is willing to do that, a lot of times it's hard to do it. It really is hard to just hand the baby off. Um, but how did Joey thought it was the, Joey thought he was getting a family. I swear to fucking God, Joey thought he was getting a family. Joey thought he was going to write all the mistakes that his mom made, the, the, the bad feelings he feel inside his family. Joey thought he just, be in love with, he'd have this girl, he'd have this baby, he'd have this unit, and he didn't think about all the crying and the shitting and the, oh, fuck, this cost this, this cost that, and, um, damn, I gotta, like, I gotta go straight fucking home. She's already mad when I walk in. Yeah, she's already mad because she's been in all day. She's already mad when I get there. Whatever I do isn't right, because also I'm really timid because I don't have enough experience with this, and... In two days, she got a lot more experience than I'll ever have. You know what I mean? Because she's doing all this stuff. I'm timid. Like, like, and I thought we'd be fucking and loving. And, like, I just thought I was just... I thought I was going into this fucking love store and everything would be cool, you know? I had this baby that loves me, this girl that loves me, and I'd be this and I'd be that. And none of that shit happened. Yeah. Again, someone should have talked to Joey. That I know they was telling him he was fucked, but they should have been like, no, 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 you're fucked in a very specific way. It's very hard to maintain. Kids don't make relationships easier. They make them harder. Even seasoned relationships like mine, kids didn't make it easier. It made it harder. It made everything a smidge more complicated. At the very least. Sometimes it made it much more complicated. And a two-month relationship where we we get pregnant just makes it harder, dude. Like, y'all should have broke up for the baby guy here, to be completely honest. If... So what happens is he's texting her and they're fighting and stuff and she just decides to break up with him to go home and he's like, I did everything for you. I stood by you. I mean, what? Like, the stuff he's talking about is like real basic, real regular type shit. He's talking about like it's special. I stood by you. I was like, what are you going to do? Kick her down the fucking stairs? I put a roof over your head? Mm, no, you didn't. Grandma and Yolanda did. They, you, She stayed wherever you were staying. They put a roof over all y'all heads, but Okay. And he's crying. I mean, he's upset. He doesn't want her to go. He wants to stay with her. Okay. But she goes and stays with a friend. Like, (laughs) oh, she's packing her little bag. And the baby's still at daycare, which I was grateful for. But she's packing her little bag. 
barely got shit in it, but okay. And he comes over, he's crying, and puts a picture of the two of them in the bag. Like, take that with you. He thought he was doing something. Oh, this is... I mean, they fight like high schoolers because they are high school. It's a high school fucking fight we're looking at. And then she goes outside to call a friend to pick her up and says, can she stay there with her baby? And I was like, this is pre-done. <laughs> Nobody calls. She would have called me. I'm like, am I on camera? <laughs> what a, bitch, what if I say no? But I, I, it's already pre-done. The person comes and picks her up. They go with the baby. She stays there for a little bit. Um... She finishes school there. And I think she eventually goes back to New Jersey. Honestly, the guy, guys, the right thing to do is gone. No, the right, right thing to do would get an abortion. I I believe in abortion. I'm sorry. And I think that Allie would have benefited from an abortion. She really would have. This isn't a situation where she's been dating her boyfriend, her high school boyfriend, for three years. They just graduated. She, she instead of going to um, a four-year college, she's going to go to community, she's going to do part-time at community college. He's already got a job. And then he's, you know what I'm saying? Like, they actually both have stable, I mean, every family's fucking dysfunctional in its own way. But you understand, they have stable families where, uh, she can stay at home and it's great and he can come spend the night four fucking nights a week if he wants. It's not a big deal. He can come and go as he pleases but he actually lives at home so they actually get time apart from each other. They both have mothers who are willing to do babysitting duties and dads are doing, willing to do babysitting duties for them. They they have resources where people where if your car breaks down you can't get to school. Daddy doesn't mind. Your dad doesn't mind like... um lending you fucking $300 to get your car fixed and you can pay him back over the summer and it's not that big of a deal. The $300 is going to make or break him. You know what I mean? Like they don't, like that's an ideal situation where people get pregnant young and they're like, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to have the fucking baby and work it out. That's, that's the ideal situation. None of that is true here. Y'all barely have a place to live. And so... She should have gotten an abortion and she should have gotten an abortion and she should have moved back to New Jersey where she wanted to be in the first place. Um, but you know, it worked out for her and I'm happy it did. Uh, we get the, our talking head where she is, you know, telling us what she has to having a baby's hard. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Turns out I'm broke. I was like, she was broke before. I think in the baby store, one of them didn't even have a wallet. I was like, you, you, you so used to not having money, you ain't had a place to put money. Cause why would you have money? <laughs> you know, they do that for the audience. They do that, you know, for the moral of the story. But I mean, all the shit we told you at the beginning, the first time you got when you got probably because I'm sure that Lauren was a single parent. Um, I'm sure. I mean, was a young parent. I'm sure, you know, we know Yolanda was a young parent. We know grandma was a young parent. I'm sure every single fucking thing that they've been telling you all your fucking life. They probably been telling you this shit she was fucking 13. It's hard having a baby young, you know. I didn't have it. I struggled a lot, you know. You see how we don't have this, we don't have that. It's because my options were limited because when I was fucking 20, this is what I had to do and this and this and this. They've been telling you that shit all your life and it only fucking sunk in after you had the fucking baby? I don't know. She's a prime candidate for abortion and if you don't like me saying that, I don't know what to tell you. It, she just is. She is someone who should absolutely have an abortion. Um. So, 
yeah, that's it. Um, show's over. I saw a clip of the reunion. I didn't realize they did reunions. I forgot about that. You know, fucking Dr. Drew. But I saw that. Oh, she also says that she's not going to try to keep the baby from Joey. Now, whether he sees the baby is up to him. Listen, I believe her, but I also don't believe her. I believe, so <laughs> the mistake we make in these situations, and that's whether you are a single mom and trying to co-parent, that's whether you have custody of your grandkids and you're trying to maintain an open relationship with your with your kid, that's whether, uh, that's even like in foster situation, especially kinship, because you would know the, the family, is that there are many issues going on and you ball them all up into one, right? Devoin and uh, Brianna, perfect, perfect, perfect example. So one issue is do you see your kid? The other issue is do you contribute to your kid's upkeep? Third issue is maybe are you interested, are you participating in your kid's, um, I don't know, they're in gymnastics, are you participating in that? Fourth issue is you owe so-and-so much. Like there, there are a couple fucking issues. And instead of being like, okay, what's the most important issue? All right, I want them to see the kid. So I'm going to make this happen. And then handling the fact that you're supposed to give me $200 a month. You put those two things together. And then it's like, well, you don't ever give me this and you didn't pay for this and Christmas is coming and blah, 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 blah. So, oh, now you want to see, you want to see him on Christmas. You didn't see him for fucking six months. Like, and there are points to be made there. But what you're really, really mad about is not this. Because Christmas is Christmas morning, to be completely fucking honest. And it ain't that much terrible to say, okay, well, can you come over at 2 and pick him up on Christmas and bring him back before, you know, what, 9 o'clock? Go have Christmas over at your mom's house and then bring him back? It's possible to do that. Like, you're not giving up a ton like that. And But instead, you want to ball these issues together. Now, and money is always a fucking issue. And so, but if you didn't get your child support or they didn't pay for half of this like they were supposed to, now all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if they can spend the night. I... Listen, I, I get it. I fucking get it. Like I said, I have co-parented with, as a foster parent with bio parents in certain ways. And, and it's frustrating in a lot of ways. Because you're like, you could, you're supposed to be doing this, this, and this. But you want this, this, and this. And they're separate things, guys. They're separate fucking things. And so do I think Allie's going to be like, you could never, you, you'll never see him and this and this and you, Joey, he's not your kid anymore. No, I don't think that's how she would act at all. But I do think that anytime taking opportunities to argue with him when he's coming to see the kid, um, if he hasn't seen the kid in a long time and then he reaches out to try to see the kid, then remind him he hasn't seen the kid in a long time in hopes that he, he'll prove you right by not showing up, stuff like that. Like, what I'm describing is tough for anybody. I don't know. Like I said, my moral compass doesn't point you north, and I have a fucking temper. So I don't necessarily know that I would be like, if they reached out and you haven't seen the baby in six months, I wouldn't be like, where you been at? Your phone don't work? Your phone don't make outgoing calls? I, I don't know. I'm petty, okay? <laughs> but if you want to foster co-parenting and you want to do better, you have to try to rise above. Um, when we and Liz were doing our... Um, I was on her show last. She she said something she says all the time. Parenting isn't fair. It's not. Nothing about it is fucking fair. It just isn't. And sometimes you just got to take those L's. 
because that is what being parenting is taking L's. You know what parenting is? Parenting is getting to the parents sign up sheet before anybody else so you could bring paper plates. Like when my son, they was doing food from around the world and I got to that sign up so fucking quick to get croissants and cheese from France because I didn't know what half that shit on there was from. That's parenting. And the second thing about parenting is it's dealing with is living through the fact that everything's unfair. It just is. Um, is there anything I forgot? I did like a little look up for them. God, I've been talking forever. Ever. Oh, so as of 2018, Allie is remarried. Is married, excuse me. She has two kids. Um, little Aiden with too many ends is, was eight in 2018. Or excuse me, was six in 2018. And um, her, her new husband's name is Chris. He's cute. I'm into Chris. <laughs> um, she also had a miscarriage and, you know, that's sad. Man. Uh, but, like, some of the articles I saw were like, she's the happiest she's ever been. I was like, you know, how the fuck do you know? Just because she got married, you don't fucking know. But from the outside, it doesn't look like she's doing too bad. Uh, she's not really, her and her new husband are not on social media. There is a Twitter from her from 2011 right after this was made. Where she was probably like, people were like, girl, you got to do a Twitter because you need to. And it says, hi, I'm Allie from 16 and You know, like, and it's like, here's a link to my fan page. But, <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, other than that, she's not really on social media, which is a good place to be. I would love if MTV went through here and recontacted the girls from 16 and Pregnant and... Did little interviews with them. Quick little things where they're just like. It could be a Zoom call where they're just like, what's your life like now? What happened with this? Just some maybe like four or five questions about what happened with their stuff. And then like, what happened next? And give us little updates on them. A lot of them are probably doing okay. Some of them are dead, you know. So no interviews with them. But... (laughs) Some of them, I bet you a lot of them will be like, yeah, I really thought everything was going to be okay and it was not. But things are better now for this reason and that. Whatever. Um, Oh, as for Joey, Joey's not in Aiden's life at all. Her new husband, Chris, is a father to both her boys. I mean, he's biological to the younger one and, and he's Aiden's dad. And Joey's just not around. Joey joined the army. And he married a girl named Francesca. And they, last people heard from him, he was stationed in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. So, yeah, that's it for that. Guys, I've been talking a fucking long time for somebody who didn't want to do a podcast today. I might, like, (laughs) if this podcast is almost three hours, I didn't edit it. If it's, if it's, (laughs) if it's less than that, I edited it out like maybe the shit I talked about at the top because I just do that because I don't know. I think it's a part of my shtick now. But sometimes y'all don't want to be fucking hearing about that. Or maybe you do. I mean, you keep showing up. <laughs> Listen, next week, let's talk about mob wives. All right. See you then. Bye.